Hello, this is Wando. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I'm here at the New York City Comic Con 2014, and I am pushing my new book, Lady That Strike, that comes out in November with Marguerite Bennett as the writer. You guys should check it out. It's awesome, fantastic. Yakuza, Ninjas, Tokyo, Lady That Strike. Awesome. <laughs> Very clear. Sound great. Well, thank you. Welcome back, Vince. Gee, thanks. You know? Yeah. Thank God. Go away for a week and the whole fucking neighborhood falls apart. Seriously. Uh, from what I hear, David did an excellent job. He did. You wouldn't know it from the comments, but he did. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are awesome. Hey, you know what? It's I, I gotta sympathize with my brother because it is very tough to be thrown into a on the production side like at the last minute and say, "Here, you make something out of it," not knowing the ins and outs and the tips and the tricks. You know, David did he went above and beyond and he got it done. That's all that really matters, right? I'm like, like he got it done. I did, and like I told Jason while we were doing the show, it's, it's, it was only like the second time I recorded a conversation, uh, but I was also using and wrote. Rogue Amoeba has been fantastic because they make some quality software and uh, Audio Hijack Pro can't be beat and and unfortunately I also thought that um, Fission which is another fantastic product uh, would do would take the place of Audacity which is what I use to make Marvel Noise and, and I have all my tricks and and uh, fade ins and outs and and I thought that Fission would do it. It it didn't and and by then I'm glad I was off Thursday because I was able to get the episode out um, in in Vince like time and uh, and and <laughs> don't get that. Far. If I if if, <laughs> if I wasn't off, then then everything would have gotten screwed up. But it just I'm I'll, I'm happy to do it again. I know what I'll do differently next time but if if uh when school calls vince if you have to take time off and and it's just jason and i then uh i'll you know what we we got to do what we got to do right that's the one drawback from switching from the the mac back to the pc was uh audio hijack pro is not available on the pc that is a fantastic program. And what's neat is that even if you go to Rogue Amoeba's website, if you go to the buy page or to look up your product, the, the products that they carry, when you click on Audio Hijack Pro, there'll be a banner at the top of the screen saying that you, it does not appear you are, you are currently using a Mac. Are you sure you want to buy this? Right. So yeah, you're, you're getting hit over the head quite a few times to make sure that uh, the right OS is going to be running their software. Sure. And uh, just the amount of filters you can use on that. I mean, it, it is just an amazing uh, application. But I have to use Pamela because I'm on the damn PC. So Serves its purpose. It does. It does. So, hey, everybody. 11 o'clock comics. Episode, what, 342? Damn. Yes. And, and I am Vince B. You are. You are the beautiful Vince B. Welcome back, buddy. I <laughs> am uh, I am David A. Price. You have seen pictures of me, right? I have. I've been next to you. Okay. I've slept ain't, next to you. Ain't nothing beautiful about that. <laughs> I've been you, drunk. You are David A. Price, and I am the ghost face killer. Oh, boy. <laughs> I kind of knew it. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw that that thing was coming out, and I was like, all right. But no, you're not the ghost face killer. See, I even said it right. <laughs> you're, 
You're Ghostface Killer. You're, you're Jason <laughs> Wood, everybody. Was either that or Big Bang Hank? Oh, that's a shame. Rest in peace. Yes. Born yeah. out from a homie who ain't here anymore. Yep. Yes. And uh, we have a guest this week. We do have a guest. Oh, yeah. We have a, uh, a a very very talented guest. Uh, we uh, we Jason and I have talked about him a few times only because we've. Uh, Seen him at conventions and, and he's hooked us up plenty of times, but, uh, this is the artist of the, uh, the recent Grim one shot from Dynamite, uh, Portland Wu. Uh, he does, uh, layouts for, um, various Marvel tie-in books and, the what always gets me excited when, when I, cause I read digitally, uh, the, the Marvel Infinite titles. Uh, but the big thing right now, uh, which was funded within 30 hours is the Lovecraft, uh, series that, um, on Kickstarter, that is the, uh, the Lovecraft, the less famously, uh, large first issue, and it is, uh, Mr. Daniel Govar. Welcome, sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you very much. All right, man, welcome. Long, entirely long too kind. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, it's all the truth. Ah, one of the, the hardest working you... men in, in conven- conventions. Uh, you, oh. how many shows do you do a, do, do you do a year? I do about 15. I, I try. I, I try and do fifteen. Um, I think last year I did fourteen. I, I did one less, so it was a little weird. Is that mostly the East Coast, or do you do go out west? I do go out west. Uh, I do Emerald City, and nice. I've done San Diego uh, two or three times. Um, I used to do it. Uh, I was doing it back to back years, and then the last two years things have just come up where I haven't had time, um, or projects were due, and. Yeah, comics never sleep. No, that, you, it's true. You are always though. You, Jason's not kidding. You are. You are the. You're always busy. You're. You. You are a hardworking man. I've yet to go to a convention and not see you behind your table. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I think that's where artists should be personally. But yeah, you're, unless you're Rob Liefeld, <laughs> hey, and then, hey, you're, then you're never. Bo- I'm sorry, dude. Oh, oh, whoa. whoa. You're calling your friends over to, to check out their portfolios. That's right. He, he's behind the table plenty to give my art props. There you go. I just opened up a whole bundle of trouble. And you know who else is good with bundles? <laughs> How about that? Wow. This Discount Comic Book Service, they are big with the bundles. I want to describe a few of them to you because you will save like nowhere else on these things. Bundle number one from Valiant. Cover price, $35.91. I'll tell you what you can get this for after I read the books. You will get, in this most recent bundle, you'll get the Valiant number two, Evar, Time Walker number one, Quantum and Woody Must Die number one, Rye number six, Unity number 14, Exo Man of War number 32, Eternal, Warrior, Days of Steel number three, The Great Death-Defying Dr. Mirage number five, and Q2, the Return of Quantum and Woody, number four. Now, that's a lot of books. You know what you take that bundle home for? $17.95. Boom. Unbelievable. Bundle number two is from Dynamite. Cover price $19.95. You'll get all of the forthcoming first issues for the King Features books. You'll get Flash Gordon by Ben Blacker, Ben Acker, and Lee Ferguson. Mandrake the Magician, number one, by the great Roger Langridge and Jeremy Treese. 
Prince Valiant number one by Nate Cosby and Ron Salas. The Phantom number one by Brian Clevenger and the awesome Brent Schoonover. And Jungle Jim number one by Paul Tobin and Sandy Gerald. Now I'll do the math. That's five books times cover price is $4. You get them for 50% off, $9.97. It's a great way to try these books without any risk. Last but not least, the third bundle comes from our fine friends at Image. Casanova, Acedia number one, The Dying and the Dead number one, Ninth Generation number one, Rain number one, and Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses number one. Notice the trend. Cover price $19.48, your price $9.74. Unbelievable. 50% off savings. Get all these books and get them cheap. Where? DCBService.com. Nice. They don't mind late orders. They don't mind order additions. And you can get the previews even cheaper. I noticed this. They have a, a, uh, they're trying a new beta site out on, on certain, uh, people. And I was one of the lucky ones that got a, a peek at it. And it's much better than, than the existing site. I think so anyway. I think ordering is very much easier. But the previews is less than a dollar on this site. Mm. That's about what, that, that's about what you should pay. Maybe the price is also beta. I don't know, but I'm just thankful for it. DCBService.com. And uh, I guess I got to take a breath because we have another sponsor, of which I was informed last week. This is should true. I do it now or should I? Should we space it out or is it supposed to be at the beginning? You tell you, me buddy. what to do. All right. Uh, the fine folks at Valiant have decided we're worth um, the time, thankfully. And uh, they have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, the first of which is an amazing, I, I, I read this thing and I was just blown away. It is called The Valiant, an entirely self-contained prestige format miniseries by a bunch of powerhouse creators. You got Jeff Lemire on this, Matt Kent, and Paolo Rivera. Oh, it, it looks amazing. You probably heard the hubbub online. Even here, we talked about it a lot. You got your bloodshot. Geomancer, the Eternal Warrior. This is going to be a big deal. And and you should definitely scribble it down on that short list of your must-buys. It's on sale in December. I think December 10th it comes out. And it's only $3.99 for a prestige format book. It's crazy. Uh, the art, as I said, is unbelievably good. This is the, this is going to blow up for Valiant, I'm thinking. You guys have seen it, right? Absolutely. We, we yes. dissected it last week in your absence. Oh my god, it, it's just so good. Um, and the second thing of which you should keep an eye out for is this little ditty they're calling the Valiant First Look. Mm. It's a bird's eye view into the forthcoming Valiant Next Initiative. Now what the heck is the Valiant Next Initiative? Well, the people at Valiant want to keep their line fresh and exciting, which is very smart, right? No stagnation here. And they're instigating these new ongoings and miniseries by some of comics' finest craftsmen. So inside the pages of this first look thing, you're going to see uh, examples from Ivar Timewalker, number one, by Fred Van Lenty and Clayton Henry. That comes out in January. Divinity, number one, uh, by Matt Kent and Trevor Harrison in February. Imperium, number one, by Joshua Dysart and Doug Braithwaite Ooh, in February. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on board this one solely on the merits of Mr. Matt Kent. It's Ninjack number one by, uh, the man and another man, Clay Man. That comes out in March. 
And uh, Bloodshot Reborn, number one, by Jeff Lemire and Miko Swayan. Is that how we say it? Swayan? Swayan, I think. Yeah, Swayan. But best of all, the first look is available right now. You can see this stuff as I'm talking to you. Go to uh, Comixology, Comics Plus, Made Fire, and DriveThroughComics.com. And I do believe they're available in real-world comic shops um, everywhere. So if you've been curious about the new Valiant books but uh, never took the bite for shame, now's a chance for you to get in on the ground floor and ride that new wave of Valiant because it's going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well done, Vince. We missed your promo skills. I do that all right, don't I? Not too bad. That's why we keep you around. I know. So much talent. Mm. So much talent. One All right, now we've paid the bills. Yes, what do we got? What are we drinking here? (laughs) Uh, Well, let's uh, let's start with our guest. Let's be polite. I've got a La Fin de Monde. Ooh. Pardon? That sounds uh, fancy. It, it, it's uh, a fr- it's a unibrow beer. It uh, means the end of the world. Interesting. I like it. Oh. Uh, How's the mouthfeel? Fantastic beer. It has a little bit of lambic in it. It's a Belgian oh. style. Now I'm guessing because it's the end of the world, the alcohol content is probably much higher it's than your average beer. A little high, actually. Yeah. Yes. Um, good. That's the way it should be. Not, if you're going out. Yeah, it's yeah. not for the faint of heart. Okay. Respect. I consumed mass quantities of beer this past week. Uh, Thanks for the yes. And without your bros, that's cool. <laughs> I, was in, I, had, I was in the city every day that you were. So. Yeah, I had my my girls with me. Yeah, so I don't like yeah. hanging out with ladies. That's cool. That's all right. right? <laughs> it's the only way to. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to share. I'm drinking water. Uh, what? Because yeah. I'm back. All right, let's, let's make no. a rule from here on out. We're all entitled to weeks off when we need them. <laughs> but can we make a commitment that when we return from our week off, we don't completely derail the momentum of the show by saying we're drinking water? Okay. You let's, lie. I, I, all right. I'm all about the fantasy. I am drinking from uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Um, it's a it's a wonderful uh, India Pale Ale from, from the Brooklyn Brewery. Perfect. Mm. Sounds delicious. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Fantasy is reality. There you go. Nice. <laughs> oh man. Uh you- I am uh actually I am uh I am finishing. I just poured the last of it. I am uh drinking besieged from Sonoma County. Oh. And uh this was actually this was the first uh wine I brought to Casa de Wood. Oh yes. Last year. So that was, uh, I, I, uh, I do like it. We, um, I had a, uh, I had a Malbec for dinner, but I, uh, I figured I'd finish this off, uh, tonight because there was less than half the bottle left. So I'm, I'm, uh, sipping on that right now. Look at you. B siege. Is there anything like space bees? No, it no. is not. No, no. <laughs> and, and actually, and you can actually tell that, uh, these are birds on the label and, uh, there's, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with the art on the label. No use oh, poor, poor Marco. Ru- he does not use posers. He's not a Levetti. I am drinking a, a, a wine that is, uh, as close to worshiped in this house as anything. And that is close to Los Siete. Nice. And, uh, what can I say? It's, it's our, it's our go-to. It's the Wood Family one. Yeah, you guys shamed me this week. Huh? You shamed me with your drinks. Y'all have nice drinks and I'm drinking water. Yeah. Well, you did it to yourself. 
I, it will never happen again. How's that? Right, perfect. All right. All right. From now on, I will always have beer in the house. Nice. There you go. There's something's wrong when I have beer in the house and you don't. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we start, I just got to correct an oversight. Mm. I was listening to the uh, New York City Comic Con episode. Why? I don't know. But I was. And uh, we forgot to mention someone. Okay. We hang. We hung out with a guy. He's very good people. Tons of fun to talk with and hang with. An, uh, an artist supreme, and we did not mention his name, and I felt bad. Wait, really? And that's yes, and that's Tom Kelly. Oh, you're yes. right. Well, I, yes. I don't remember not mentioning him, but if we didn't, that's a damn shame. And and I, I just feel bad because he's a brother. He's one of the family, and we did not drop his name. And you I'm saw very the sorry. Shop didn't you? And it made you no, no. Well, it, actually, it was the shop that instigated uh, the memory that we didn't um, mention mm. him. So. Yes, Tom Kelly is awesome, right. and we, we had a great time with him, and we should have mentioned him, but we didn't. Blame me. That's okay. Got big shoulders. Tom Kelly. Really? Yeah. Yes. So there we go. Mr. Govar, what's up? Oh, commissions. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to say what I'm right? We haven't started uh, on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're on my list, too. Yes. Well, maybe you'll actually yeah. be there to pick up your commission, Jason. Unlike this other David Price, who I thank oh, him for right, the commission, right. but no, it's still in my binder. I still have this uh, another David Price uh, did a piece, and uh, I think it was the red. Uh, what was it? The Black it's, Queen and White Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's still sitting in there. Because our David Price would have no interest in that at all. Not at all. <laughs> he also would let it sit in his, his, his commission binder waiting to yeah. be picked up. Well, I keep thinking I'm going to see him at a, he keeps, you know, changing which con he's going to have somebody pick it up. I think he's in the UK, so I don't know. It's funny though. <laughs> Very. I have, I have like two pieces that people keep telling me they'll pick it up at the next con or at the next con and. Most of the time, though, uh, everybody's kind of eager to get their hands on their pieces. So, well, so do you? Uh, I should know this since I've purchased art from you. But, but yeah, yeah. as a rule, do you? Um, I forget. Do you do you take the money before you do the commissions, or do you take it after? I can't remember. Uh, my general rule is that I take money uh, before, or at least partial payment before, okay. if I've never done a con- uh, commission with you. Right. Okay. In other words, once I've done a commission with you before, on completion is is fine. Right. Um, okay. So like, I just you, have you to. Know I'm good for it, type of thing. But yeah, yeah. It's right. only it's only people that I've never you know had never done anything with before that I uh, I learned my lesson once and I was like, okay, that's the new policy. Yeah. Well, that's just smart because uh, judging from the time I've seen you invest in these things, you this is not like licking a promise. Yeah. You 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 dump some serious hours into these pieces. Yeah, some of them. It depends on the size, really. Um, and I usually price them by how long I'm going to actually spend on the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the size really kind of dictates how long I can actually spend at any given time on, you know, something that's 14 by 20 is obviously going to take me a lot longer than a 9 by 12. Um, which is your standard sort of commission that you would get as a con sketch, you know, from any artist really. Um, but yeah, I, I keep going back to that Galactus in the surface. Oh, you, you, you did. I mean, <laughs> Oh, cool. Th- that, no, that would, that would make it the perfect, like if they ever decide to, to just do a, um, 
a variant cover for maybe uh, an omnibus of the Basima run, uh, that would be absolutely perfect. It, it, it's a it's a stunning, stunning image. Yeah, I was going to say the only that. the only Galactus I'd ever I, I've ever seen that that I would say is 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 I maybe give the nod to in a battle would just be Mobius, and that's if if you're if mm. oh, I love his yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely drew some inspiration from all the crazy little tiny details. You know, he he was so good at capturing scale and size, and that's mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people really can't you know capture as as I mean he could do it in two lines, and you would get this epic sort of feeling. Um, and that's something that I always admired with with his work. Yeah, he had a knack for that. And, uh, he also managed to capture scale in, uh, environments too. Yeah. Like when he would do, when he would do like a barren landscape, he wouldn't put a whole lot of, of lines in it, but you would just get the, the sense that, man, this is a really big place. Yeah. He was the, uh, yeah. he was, he was very efficient with, with every single line. It actually had a purpose. Um, right. And that a lot of people, you know, I, I'm, I'm notorious for cross hatching and stuff like that. And I'm trying to get away from it now. Um, but yeah, he, one little line and it meant everything right we've been uh have have a running theme here we've been asking um artists who who do commissions Mm -hmm. uh about their their strangest requests (laughs) and and we got we got everything from like like uh you know sexy mermaids Uh, so what's yours what was the absolute uh, strangest request i don't think i can actually say what my strangest one was Uh, was we're we're, we're a fully adult uh uh, yeah we get the explicit tag Okay, this. <laughs> but you you can self you can you self you can self select. Uh, I think I'm gonna avoid the the strangest because it was just too. You don't have to name. Let's put it this way: I actually declined it. I, I said outright, I will not draw that. And oh, that's and so good. I got it. Said do not ever contact me again. To do oh that. wow! All this is good. Yeah, like it will never happen. Uh, like just no, thank you. I am the wrong Vince, person. Vince, do you think it's about time you apologize to Daniel for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you were the guy. No, 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 I, uh, yeah, there was a lot of blocking going on. Wow. Um, but yeah, the, uh, other weird ones besides that one, uh, I get some strange ones every once in a while. The ones that I, I, you know, you get one, there's like, uh, two or three that I get every once in a while at, um, there are certain conventions that they tend to bring out people that, you know, are just a little bit more risque and they, you know, like the New York con, I get two or three commissions at that con that are always one of those. I'm not sure I'm going to post this one. <laughs> I might right. draw this one, but I will definitely not share this one with the world. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not that it's, you know, too out there, but, um, I got one at Emerald city that was a uh, wonder woman, uh, in bondage. Uh, well, yeah, that seems I get, to be the norm. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. where she belongs. I definitely get that. I get, uh, what was the other one that I got? Um, and the only reason I even did that one, uh, was I, I looked through the, it was a book of it and I looked through the book and there were a couple of my friends that had done pieces in there. And, um, I think one of my friends, Ming Doyle, uh, sure. had a piece in there and I was like, okay, she did a piece. Then I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the great things about seeing books, um, when people bring you sketchbooks full of other artists, um, it kind of, you know, makes you level up a little bit. It's like, oh man, okay, 
his piece was amazing in there. I gotta do something even, you know, I gotta compete with that. That's crazy. Um, right. Have you have you ever um, rejected a piece based on the artist that the person had in their uh, books? No, never. Okay. Never. No. Um, there was a. Uh, um, let's see the the one time that I or I guess this was it. This was at Heroes. Yeah, it was at Heroes last year. Um, Heroes is a crazy. Yeah, that was a crazy convention. It's it's awesome, <laughs> but it's just so. From an artist standpoint, it's, it's pretty much nonstop. Um, I think I did 32, 32 pieces at that show. That's insane. And that's actually interesting enough, the only show since I've known you that I didn't ask you to do something. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I literally was drawing 24-7. Um, I think I slept all of eight hours the entire night. Nice. I remember after, um, if, the thing I remember about you and Heroes is I met your girlfriend there and she yeah. had like the, a, a pretty ridiculously awesome, uh, steampunkish costume. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, we, <laughs> we just moved to Florida and, uh, I'm putting away all of her costumes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I'm finding all sorts of costumes that I haven't seen yet. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's a whole nother story. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, but yeah, she, uh, yeah, she hated me at that convention because it was just too, I, I, I was a wreck. Uh, it, it's a lot of, you know, going out, you get to hang out with friends, you know, right after the convention and then it's back to the room to draw. Um, and I remember at, uh, I guess it was Saturday night. I'm sitting up in my room and I get a knock on the door and I open the door and, uh, this, you know, older gentleman, uh, hands me a book and I was like, you're Art Adams. He goes, yeah, I think you're drawing (laughs) after me. And I was like, oh, no way. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to draw after you. (laughs) Like anybody else. Holy. Oh, that's crazy. This, this guy had a Planet Hulk book and Art (laughs) Adams was in it before me and it was, yeah, yeah. Oh. Go ahead, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. You know, he's no like yeah, it's a just Man and O'Brien book, so that's a group of my people. <laughs> uh, it was brutal, and and his piece was amazing. Holy cow! Wow, has he ever yeah, drawn you... anything bad? I mean, come on, no, never. That's what I'm saying. Have you ever seen him be less than stellar? Oh no! And no. and the thing that gets me is he's completely self-taught. Yeah. Good. True. It, it's unbelievable. Well, you know, yeah. um, the Heroes is interesting because you, you brought you mentioned sketchbooks. I personally, as you know, I, I buy a lot of art. I, I don't, as a collector, I don't like sketchbooks because um, I feel like it, it, it traps the art in that it's never seen unless someone's actively looking through the sketchbook. Right. Um, but I do, to your point though, I do think there is definitely something about the leveling up in the sense that sketchbooks do that. I also think like the jam pieces do that. Um, which is why it's so important to make sure the first square or two of a jam piece is done by an artist that you know is going to kill it. Yeah. Um, and then same thing too. I think having, I often carry my portfolio around and then, you know, a lot of artists just being fans of art will say, Oh, let me look through it. And then once they start looking through it, they'll, you can tell that they start to see some of the art that's in there and then they think, Oh, okay. I need to, all right. Uh, this is, this is legit. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take care of business here. So well, I, I yeah. think there are, um, there are different levels as with everything like the, the jam pieces, the, the commissions, the buying original art pages, you post those, to, you post those to, um, it's comic art fans and you right. want to, 
put them on the wall and, and that's so that everybody can see what you've amassed. Whereas, because I have both and I have a sketchbook and I have a bunch of pages by, I have a bunch of sketches by Mike Norton and Mahmoud Asrar and, and, uh, there's one by Alex Savick. So, I mean, that is, that is for me, the sketchbook is a reminder of that convention. And I, um, and, and just listen, I, I saw or I spoke to this creator, to this artist, and, uh, cause I have a Peter David signature, I have something by J.M. DeMatteis, and it's just to have a, a, um, a reminder from that weekend. And, and that's, that's more personal. So a sketchbook, it, it's like you're saying, Jason, you know, you're not, that's not something that's really meant or, or going to be shared with the world, but that's, that's probably more, personal or for that person whereas you know the original art the, or, or the commissions that's what you want everybody to see what you came home with that weekend right right and uh, another thing that david does that's really cool if he buys uh, a piece of original art he'll look for the book from which that from the book that that page came from like at the show and buy both of them Oh, that, that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a neat little touch. I mean, yeah. yeah. My, my goal is to eventually get the art, get the page of original art framed mm-hmm. with that, and, and yeah. take the. I'll take the page from the comic. I'll cut that out and and frame them both together, so you'll see the the before and after. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that that is like like Vince said. I I do. I, I've done that with I think, and the last time I did it was uh, at the same heroes that Jason's talking about when um, I bought a new mutants page from uh Joe Rubenstein and and I bought the uh the issue it was it was right it was a few issues before Liefeld came on and uh introduced Cable and everybody and and uh so it was it was it was later in the new mutants run but it was uh it was still it, it was it was an inventory issue it even says inventory on the original art and and uh it was framed to to coincide with with the era it was happening in but it was definitely a story that was done uh, months, if not years before. And, uh, and yeah, every, every original art page I, I buy, I do try to, uh, buy, and, and I get lucky because most of the issues that I end up buying original art from, I can find the issues in, in the three for dollar bin. I've done it with Ren and Stimpy, that new mutants book. It's, it, it that Hester, Hester and Parks thing, the green, the arrow. green arrow. Yeah. And, and yeah. it has a Matt Wagner cover. So yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, it's, it's just something else to to remind me of of the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Nice touch. Well, I, so oh no, go ahead. Vince. No, I was just going to ask Mr. Govar to tell us about this Kickstarter. Oh yeah, because uh, there's that one name in there that immediately <laughs> grabs my attention, yes, and that's Love, Lovecraft. Yeah. Oh oh, Lovecraft. Oh, that's my man. That is our our blasphemously um, large first issue. Um, it's a project that I'm doing with, um, Craig Engler is the writer and creator. Um, he, uh, let's see what all, he has so many accolades. I'm not even sure where to start. He, I actually have known him for, oh my gosh, 10, almost 15 years. Um, I used to do work, uh, for the sci-fi channel. I created uh animated series for them. Um, years and years and years ago. And Craig used to be an executive over at Sci-Fi. Um, and then from there, we uh, kind of lost track of each other. And we have a couple of mutual friends over at Comixology and uh, just in various other you know realms of comics. And 
he contacted me and was like, look, I'm putting together this project and I'm looking for a really good artist who can, you know, do some creepy stuff, but also, you know, understands action and so on and so forth. And that's kind of where we started talking about it. We did concept art for it. Uh, it's kind of been something we've been working on for about a year now. Um, and it's just now kind of coming to light and the Kickstarter and everything else. Uh, it was funded in about 30, 30 hours, roughly. Um, we were looking, we were looking for 10,000 for the first issue to publish it. And we're almost at 40,000 now. So it's, uh, it's been going really well. Did all the commissions go? Cause I'm glad I got there. They all went. Um, (laughs) I don't want to tell you who the last one went to, but Uh, what I understand, uh, the last one went, went to, uh, Went went to somebody that I really hope I can share that that information with, but I, nice. I'm not sure if I I can yet. Um, but it definitely was a a big moment. Craig called me up. He's like, "Dude, you'll never believe who who just bought the last one." <laughs> I was awesome. like, "Really?" So you are all about the teas, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Did you say no? No, uh, no, no I had to. I had to. Wait, did you then say, "Wait a minute"? You said, "Craig." You were like, "Craig, no, no, Jason Wood wasn't the last one to buy it." <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But, uh, sure. so, yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah. So anyhow, it's, uh, uh, it, it recasts Lovecraft in, uh, a sort of action hero kind of vein, but at the same time, not so much. Um, I don't really know how to it, sort of, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting tale. The first issue, uh, it's, it, we wrote it, kind of, he wrote it kind of as a ongoing, so it's something that is a little bit open-ended. Um, obviously, we have, uh, you know, two or three, four issues that could easily be put out right away. Uh, we're well into the first issue, um, and it's going to be 32 pages. Uh, and I think now that the Kickstarter is kind of, we've basically made all of our goals and our stretch goals and so on and so forth. So we've added, I think, oh, man, it must be like 16 or 20 more pages. Uh, so the first issue is going to be huge. Um, there's lots of pinups by, uh, artists like Dennis Calero, um, a few others, uh, John Bivens, um, who has an Michael image Bivens. book out, uh, John Bivens actually. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, John, John, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, and then, uh, who else? Uh, Louis LaRosa of Valiant did the cover for us. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic too. He, uh, um, Craig actually had to go to, uh, Valiant's offices. He knows the guys over there and, uh, specially requests that we could have permission to use him because he's a Valiant exclusive artist now. Um, so yeah. Cool. Now, will this first issue be a relatively self-contained story or? It is. And that's kind of why, I mean, we keep, we keep wanting to, to roll the second issue into it because the Kickstarter keeps, you know, nuking our stretch goals. <laughs> I mean, it just surprises us every time, you know, we turn around and, you know, more people are getting behind it. It's really kind of awesome. Um, and, uh, we kind of wanted to put the second issue in there, but, We've been reluctant to do it just because it doesn't really end the way that the first issue ends. Um, so, yeah, the the first issue is excuse me is self-contained. Uh, that's what you get for drinking beer, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is self-contained, uh, but it uh, um, it's a huge issue and it's a lot of fun. Right. 
Good. I, I'm looking forward it's, to it's it. It's very Lovecraft. Oh, amazing. Craig, Craig's a huge Lovecraft fan. Yeah. In fact, we put a bunch of Lovecraft trivia. Um, I think there are four pages of Lovecraft trivia that we've added. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. Now, there's a pretty big trade-off with Kickstarter. Um, for as much exposure as you get, and uh, let's say um, it, it relieves you of having to uh, shop the thing around, you also have to be really, really careful in your planning. Yeah. Because as we've seen, I mean, there are a lot of really talented people out there that did not anticipate certain things yeah. and ended up coming out behind the eight ball. Yeah. Uh, with Kickstarter. So, I mean, for, for what you gain in, in, you know, the, 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 uh, open-endedness of the thing and, and the ability to just show people your work from anywhere in the world and let them contribute to it, you gotta plan this thing out. You have to take care of your shipping and your publishing and your binding and that, that's all on you. Indeed. Usually that's the, that's the realm of the publisher, but when, when you gotta do it yourself, you have to make sure you carry that too or, you know, You'll be, you'll be in trouble, yeah. which is, uh, so I admire your, your, um, your tenacity. To, to me, whenever I see a, a, a big deal on Kickstarter, it's like these guys know what they're doing. They, they want to get this thing done. Yeah. I mean, we, is, we, we, we basically have, have already kind of squared away the team and everything and, uh, everybody's, you know, been paid. Um, we're, we're good to go on pretty much everything. Uh, the, the Kickstarter, at this point, we're into, Okay, what can we give back? Um, you know, everything's been fully funded, postage has all been paid, and so on and so forth. Um, we partnered with a fulfillment uh, place that's actually going to help us out with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're 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 doing really well on all the logistical stuff, um, mm -hmm. and it's one of those. Once the Kickstarter's completed, we then have to go into you know I've already started making my schedule for you know, pages that I need to work on, additional Kickstarter rewards that I need to work on, um, things like uh, we added four more pages of the Necronomicon that I'll put in there. Um, so things like that. I, I'm also doing a back cover to go with uh, Louis LaRosa's cover. Uh, that sounds like it's going to be jam-packed. It yeah. will be. It will be. Um, it's really going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Now, now doing doing sequentials, how, how is your process differ from the work that you, you know? At least from, speaking for myself, I'm more familiar with, which is obviously your your fully uh, completed, you know, big watercolor commissions. I mean, are you is it watercolors in the sequentials, or or is it digital? Is it traditional ink? What, what's the process? Uh, it's funny. Uh, Lovecraft is traditionally inked. Um, okay. In other words, I do everything almost like uh, it's the same way that I did the Grimm series, which mm -hmm. is uh, it's it's ink and ink wash. Um, I do washes on pages, so you know there's a lot of texture and it has that kind of dark feel. Um, Grimm and actually Lovecraft have very similar vibes. Um, the storylines are kind of similar. Um, not really, but I mean the, the dark kind of tone to it. Um, so yeah, those are, uh, it, the stuff that I do for, for Marvel would be inked all digitally. Uh, right. everything's done digital. Uh, the stuff that I do on other books is all digital. Um, I had a series, uh, uh, on Zuda long, long, long ago called, uh, Azure. 
and that was all digital completely. Uh, and there's a series that I did called Relaunch that was all digital. So I'm kind of all over the place in terms of my process. Do you have a Do you have a preference? Uh, no, I think it really. Did, I, I think the project dictates it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certain projects, uh, you know, the relaunch project that I did was a science fiction project and it needed to have really clean, crisp lines. So digital made sense for that. Um, Lovecraft is a little bit more organic, um, and it has, you know, darker tones and feel. So having ink washes really kind of helps that out. Um, so yeah, it really just depends upon the project itself. The, one of, I mean, there's, as you know, I'm a big fan of your work, and, and I, I was thinking about what it is about your your pieces that stand out to me from the the litany of of, of quality artists I see at Artist Alley. And I think one of the, one of the things that strikes me about you is um, is your use and understanding of light. Oh, thank you. Um, and thank I, you. and I don't know, and I'm not a you know, I mean, Vince is an artist, both both in terms of for pleasure and for work. Um, David's got some artistic bones. I'm not an artist. My father's an artist, makes his living that way. But so I guess my question is, 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 I mean, am I, am I on point with that? And if so, I mean, is that, um, I mean, is that something I don't really know? Are you, are you self-taught? Did you go to art school? Like, it just seems like you, that, that's a, that is a focus for you is like, like just, you know, the, the use of, of light source in your work, uh, which it just stands out from, from, I think a lot of other artists. And I'm just curious if that's something that you've, you, you know, you notice yourself or it's just a byproduct of, of the way you've, you've learned how to illustrate. I, I would say that it's, well, my background is in, my degree is in imaging and digital art. Um, that was, uh, my, uh, yeah, I went to university of Maryland, Baltimore. Uh, and that was the, that was my focus and everything. Everything was, uh, you know, everything from digital cinema, 3d development, uh, to interactive work. Um, and that was kind of my formal training. Uh, painting and drawing was just something that I always did. Um, and it's funny, it wasn't until I graduated with a digital degree that I went back to traditional and started drawing more and more traditionally. So I guess I would be more self-taught when it came to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only, uh, I pitched a series, uh, to sci-fi, um, just on a whim, uh, somebody was looking at the stuff that they currently had up and they said, you can do this. Why don't you do this? So I submitted something and turned out that they sent me over a contract for an entire season. Um, so we kind of, I, I guess that's when my, uh, my traditional art career kind of began. And what was the, what was that series? Uh, it was called Eclipse. Um, after that one, I did a series called Chichan, which won a bunch of awards. It was with a director named Voltaire. Oh, that was a book published by Antarctic Press. You did that? Uh, I did all the animation. It was actually wow. animated. Yeah. Um, it was using like, right, right. It was a weird process. It was both digital and claymate or like uh, models, like clay models. Right. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I thought I think that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was good. We won wow. a bunch of awards for that one too. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think working under Voltaire was actually, it was very enlightening. Um, just about, you know, working with different people, working with, you know, a group and a team. That was something that I didn't really have with the other project. Um, 
and I think from that point on, I started working on team projects. So, yeah. So yeah, learn and, something new every day. Yeah, going back to your, your point about light though, I, uh, my favorite artists were a lot of the masters and Rembrandt has always been one that I've loved. Um, and he's, you know, often called the master of light. Um, he kind of depicts light as being something that washes over everything like water. So when you look at it, look at it as a water sort, like something that's just being sprayed and washing over everything. Um, and then from there, you kind of look at shadow as the antithesis of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those, you know, how does light bounce around on things? So that, that's something that I, I really study. Oh, cool. So All right. Good. I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, you picked up on that. Nice. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> Respect. Although now I'm thinking all the more that it makes sense to have that, uh, Catherine Bird and Megan with the lighthouse idea that we talked about. So, Hey, I'm all, all for it. All for it. <laughs> nice, nice. I was a big nice. Excalibur fan. I, I mean, I know, Neary, man. Neary was, uh, always one of my favorites. So yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. The Excalibur is one of the all time, the all time best, man. I just, uh, in fact, I have a complete run of it sitting in my, in my closet here in my bedroom. <laughs> Me too. And it's actually just right around the corner. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad you cited Rembrandt as the master of light because it, it absolutely kills me when people say Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> don't, don't, oh, stop. Don't, don't, don't you want to die when you hear that? Oh. Does, any, wait, does anyone actually ever cite Thomas Kincaid as the master of anything? Oh, believe me. I've heard I, many stop people it. say it. You know, seriously. I, I know my, my wife does enjoy his paintings, but as far as, you know, referring to him as the master of lettering, no, that, that would never happen in his house. Uh, he's just the master of light, no. Thomas Kincaid. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Dude, my my wife has a Thomas Kincaid hanging in her office. Stop it! <laughs> Seriously, I can't. That, I can't stand the thing. I, I cannot stand that. because she loves it, and it's her office. What am I going to say? He's the yeah. lifetime channel of artists. You know, Vince, you've never you've been in my house a couple times now, and you've never commented on the art on our walls because I think a lot of homes don't have art on the walls, and we have art all over our walls, and you've never commented on it. So, which makes me lead to believe that you don't like the art that's on our walls. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Now, what do you have on your walls? All different stuff. Like on on our on our main floor, we have lots of O'Keefe prints, okay. which I think Vince hates. You hate O'Keefe, don't you? Yes, I, do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, we have um uh, we have a, a bunch of oversized uh, um, actual originals by uh, an artist uh, from New Mexico named Nancy Orton Stone on the second floor. Oh, um, cool! It's much more abstract and just more of a yes. Yeah, is that stuff better? You like that stuff better? Oh, much better. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here's a little, you, you'll find this funny. I had a, a caricature workshop this past week and uh, we got mystery envelopes. We did not know who we were going to get to uh, caricature. And when I opened it up, O'Keefe. George O'Keefe, George O'Keefe. <laughs> did you just draw a ginormous vulva? <laughs> I just drew a dude. I, I drew her like a man because the picture I got, she looked just like oh, a man. That's messed up. Yeah. I think she looks just like uh, the dude that knows Mile High Comics. <laughs> I really got to put George O'Keefe in the show yes. notes. Yes, and, and Thomas Kincaid and, and, and Nancy Gorkenstone. Nice. Okay, there we go. I have God, a bunch Thomas of. Uh, what do I have in my head? That's the thing. We just moved, so it, we had the whole discussion about what we were and weren't hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tons of art from all my friends, you know, in comics and illustration and painting. And I also have a lot of, you know, just print. I have, uh, oh, wow. 
I, I have too much art. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and there's nowhere to put any of it. Uh, so we were kind of judiciously going through and all the ones, obviously that I have a lot of, uh, nudes and things that, uh, um, yeah, she's, she's like, we're not hanging that in my house. <laughs> yeah. She won't let it I happen. don't usually hang too much art. I, I have one piece, one piece hanging in, in my, my studio. And yeah, you're and, an odd and, duck with that, man. I know I, it's a Gary Panner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not surprised. So, yes. It's, it's my, my prize. I, I'll, I'll never part with that thing. Never. We have, we have photos and, and some, po- we have, um, the, uh, the recent, Romeo and Juliet, um, cause Orlando Bloom was Romeo. We have that hanging up downstairs. We have, um, some paintings downstairs. We have a Dave Wachter on, in the stairway. Um, I got one of those too. Nice. Uh, the, um, does it berate you for not going up the stairs? No, the right it way? doesn't. It does surprise me. <laughs> he yells at me for my, uh, <laughs> for your political privileged upbringing, even though. <laughs> no, mine is actually kind of mellow because it's, it's older. It, it's, it's from his earlier time. So it's not, uh, we not love curmudgeony. We do, we do love yeah, absolutely Dave. Absolutely love so Dave. We, yeah. that, that's I think we I love Dave more than he loves us. Absolutely. Well, we love, oh, I don't I think, think that's we, true at all. He loves I'm going to tell him you said that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He'll listen. At the next here. convention. Uh, but no, we, um, I'm, I have, I have my art hanging up in, in the room where I'm recording right now. There's some art hanging up in the, uh, in the bedroom, but, um, yeah, we don't really have, a the rhyme reason as, as to who gets put on the wall there. There's definitely some things I think we need to shift around. And I do, there, there is a, uh, actually we, we normally, it's been a while, especially now that Vince is back that, that we, uh, we usually do thank yous. And, and tonight I, because it arrived today, I have a thank you to, um, Mr. Dean Stahl. And, and this was completely unexpected. And, and apparently he, um, he asked Renee for our address so he could send it, but he, uh, he did a uh, a full color um Hunter Rose Grendel which is is it's gorgeous and it's uh it's on Facebook I'll put it in the episode thread but it's uh that it. arrived today it's 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 amazing and it's a nice and nice sized page but uh it's a um you know, so I mean, that'll, that's going to go on the wall definitely but I just uh I I'm getting to the point now where I think because of the uh, the art I'm coming home with at a, from a convention, I, I have to uh, rotate some art in these frames. Yeah, that's what we do. We we wrote we literally have picked season art. <laughs> so art for this season, art for this season, and then we'll <laughs> rotate every season. It's the only way to to give any of it justice. Yeah, I have a whacker too. I have a double page spread from the uh, first, uh, the early Guns of Shadow Valley, the one with the crow. Right. Ah, oh, so okay. cool. yeah, I love that thing. I got him to draw me a dragon. Oh, nice. He's he's absolutely slaughtered it on uh, Godzilla Cataclysm. Yeah. Oh, he actually yeah. owes me still it's from so good. Uh, his Kickstarter. <laughs> no, he does. I, I commissioned. Uh, I was. I did a commission on on his Kickstarter as well, and I haven't received hey, it you yet. You know what? Me too. There oh, you go. Oh, oh. Yeah. Get Dave. Seriously. Well, all right, so now that everybody has moved down there, how are the dogs reacting to Oh, it? they're oh that's right. Yeah. Uh the first two or three days was rough. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no <okay>. pun intended. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was bad. They uh 
uh, so I have I have a boxer that, uh, named Sandor. He's he's like a 85 90 pound boxer. He's huge. Yeah. Um, but uh, my girlfriend had a 130 pound Great Dane. Um, <laughs> and Sandor thought that she was the greatest thing in the world. Oh. Uh, as soon as he saw her, she's like, "Oh my god, I'm in love." <laughs> I gotta give it that. And uh, she was not having any of that. <laughs> she did not want any of that little man. Uh, so they they're hit. They're like two peas in a pod like now. But, Kardashian. Oh man, it was so, yeah. It was you know what exactly like that. <laughs> or at least as I imagine it. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was like two titans. Um, and right now he can actually hold his own. He it took him a while to figure out that he could actually box her, but she had a harder time boxing him. Mm. Um, because they don't typically stand on their, you know, on their hind legs to you know wrestle. They're always bigger than everything. Um, but he always, you know, that's where they got their name. So, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. They're doing all right though. Yeah. Okay. And it's hilarious cause she's, she barks all the time and I, where we live, there's a lot of people that walk around. There's so anytime anybody walks anywhere near the yard, you know, it's her barking. And of course it's me yelling cat. That's her name. <laughs> <laughs> it's short for cat Leia. Um, my uh my girlfriend's a, a wedding uh designer a floral designer for weddings. So uh she named her after the flower. So oh, uh-huh. yeah. nice. But yeah, they're getting along. Excellent. So far Sandor's only only been wounded twice so oh. far. Yeah. But it's only been two weeks. So <laughs> what's that? That's right, about? I had to drink. <laughs> Actually, you know what, you know, I, I am what does the um when you work on the, the Marvel Infinite Mm-hmm. stuff what what does that entail uh i'm trying to think of what i can actually talk about and what i can't um oh, okay the marvel stuff that i work on i i have lots of ndas in place for pretty much everything i work on for marvel so i can't say a whole lot about i i can tell you that what i do is layouts um for the infinite titles uh typically i work on the stuff that's more movie related um so everything that i do is generally with the group that develops the tie-ins for the various films. Um, I'm actually working on something now. Um, nice. The uh, I do layouts um, that kind of show the artist that's going to work on the books um, how things transition and change and flow from panel to panel because infinite titles don't really work the same way as your standard sort of page turner. Right. Um, so a lot of it is me planning out how, you know, when you swipe or when you turn the page, you know, there's more than just a reveal. It's people blinking, it's, uh, expressions changing. It's, you know, all of that. So then if, okay, if, um, without getting too personal or, or, or into your business, mm-hmm. There's some, you know, artists have a page rate when, when it comes to, you know, a, a 20 page comic book. How does, how does what, how does that translate into an infinite comic? So if, if someone swipes and they just see somebody blinking, like, do you get, is, is, do you get paid by the hour, by the, the project? I'm just curious as to where. I think it's, I think it's different. Well, it's, <laughs> It's hard to explain. I, I don't know if that that's actually something I don't think I can really talk about. Okay. Because it actually has to do with some of their process. 
Okay. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna decline that one. Um, All right. Based upon my NDAs that I, I just re-upped. <laughs> so I, I definitely don't want to stuff on any of those toes. But yeah, there's, uh, there, it, it's, it's fun stuff. It's really, uh, it, it's the most challenging of some of the work that I do. Um, I have a really weird career because I do so many different things and I like it that way. Um, you know, everything from doing, you know, pre- page print comics like, uh, the stuff for dynamite on Grimm to the infinite stuff, which is all digital. Um, but a lot of the digital stuff that we do for all the Marvel books usually goes to print as well. Um, so yeah, we design it, gonna... we design it that way from a get go. Okay. See, I was going to ask you about that because yeah. a lot of them have made the transition and that's something you have to keep in mind. Actually, when you're... pretty right. much everyone has made the transition. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. They're, they're, they're really smart about figuring out ways to, to make all that work that's in both cool. capacities. Yep. So has, um, you, you of course did the, the great, well, I, I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed, um, your Zuda series. Oh, thank and, you. And it, did, did that play a part in you getting the gig with the infinite stuff or? Uh, was... I think it had something to do with it. Honestly, okay. relaunch was a bigger one, um, in terms of, I guess, putting me on, you know, Marvel's radar for infinite type stuff. Um, Relaunch I did with uh, Ron Peraza, um, who actually was working at Marvel for a while. Yeah, sure. Um, and he's also he headed Zuda. He was actually the right, guy yeah. behind all Zuda. Um, we actually read we we read that um, it was part of that uh, one of those big um, digital sales. Um, uh, remember, David? It was part oh, of that. For the worlds, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Worlds with so, Matthew yeah. Pets, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the, we're yeah yeah we're of uh, we're the woods. Yeah. yeah. That was an that's still an awesome series actually. I love Matt. Um he's a good buddy of mine. Um and yeah, that started off as a Zuda title. So yeah, the uh um relaunch was the thing that kind of put us on the map and uh you know, made made people kind of take note about wow, you can do a whole lot more with digital than we really kind of thought. Um we actually played with uh played with played around with the way you can actually uh the way you read. Um, when you read a comic, you read from left to right. When you're in your car, however, you have your dashboard and you have all your dials going at the same time. So they're constantly changing. And our idea was when you turn a page, you don't see one panel change. You see all panels change. Um, but they can be the same view. So you have scenes where they can actually, you know, you you go from scene to scene, but... As you turn a page, you just see things transition within the frames that you currently have available, if that makes any sense. Sure. It's one of those things that you should actually see to, to really understand. Um, but we actually got a lot of, uh, a lot of press about how it was, uh, so innovative at the time. I think that, uh, I think we're just scratching the surface of digital comics in the sense that. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I'm, I think all three of us are surprised at how much we've embraced digital as a delivery mechanism. Uh, you know, a number mm-hmm. of the publishers uh, are, are kind enough to effectively get us on their comp list, but it's you know, it's, it, these days it pretty much means giving you the digital files and the stuff. So I read a lot more comics digitally than I ever 
I would have assumed I, I would it would a few years ago. But but again, they're mostly. I mean, they're not. It's it, it's not like well, some of them actually are. But I mean, for the for in essence, they're 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 really still just scans. You know what I mean? Like it's sure on the Comicsology app you can do the panel to panel thing, but even that's it's a little bit of a of a of a clever technology trick. But it's not mm-hmm. the comics in most cases. I shouldn't say in all, but in most cases. When you're using the Comicsology app, it's just jumping from panel to panel, but it's not as though the comics were designed with that in mind. Right. Right. So I think the the stuff that you did and some of the other guys, and and, and I think I have to shout out Riley Brown there because mm-hmm. I can't think offhand the name of his creator owned comic, but it, it was optimized for digital. I, I I feel like if we were to fast forward two to three years, there's going to be some really amazing stuff digitally. That I mean, to my mind, if you're going to do digital comics, um, especially natively. They should portray art and the story in a way that you literally couldn't do in a printed form. Right. Um, could not agree with you more. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're not there yet. We're not even close, but, but I don't see why we wouldn't be getting there, you know, in the next year or two or you know, at least yeah. two or three. And I think that a lot of the titles that are doing, you know, digital first, um, it's funny. The, uh, series that I did for Dynamite, um, the, uh, Portland Woo was actually, it, they published it in print as a trade paperback, but it was actually six issues, um, that are, that were formatted digitally. Um, and they actually had things like rain falling and, um, people, you know, obviously their expressions changing, people actually more, you know, I guess, what do they call it in, in Grimm, but basically where they transform into creatures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can actually see that as you turn the pages. Um, and that you could obviously never do in print. Um, and those are the type of things that I think, you know, that's where the, the transition makes sense to, to do it as a digital first. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I think, I think the hard part is actually figuring out where the price point is, like where, not even the price point, but where it's cost effective as, you know, from a publisher standpoint to actually do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot more goes into it than just the actual creating of the creation of an individual page. Um, you actually have, you know, somebody has to touch it from a programming standpoint, um, you know, to, to apply a certain transition to that particular screen. Sure. So. Well, I, and I think too, on that front, it's, it's, uh, it's also reason for optimism because again, we're, I think we're past the point where the, there was understandable fear as digital was, was proliferating about what it would mean to the, to the direct market and, and how the publishers could, had to be very careful about theoretically alienating their cash cow direct market retailers at the same point of really trying to expand the market in new ways with digital. But I think that um, as we look at, at this year, I, I would argue we've crossed the chasm there because digital sales are growing exponentially. Uh, but at the same time, I, I saw a, a report this past week that um, print comic sales set, uh, were at all, uh, an 18-year high. Yeah. Um, this past month, uh, you know, pretty much puts you back into the, the peak, uh, you know, pre, pre crash numbers. Right. So most stores, at least the ones that have decent or decently well run are selling more comics, print comics than they have, uh, in, in a decade or two. And yeah. yet digital is proliferating. So I think now the, the publishers are feeling a little more comfortable about the idea of pushing digital in lots of different directions because they no longer have to placate the retailers and convince them that it's not a big deal. Yeah. You also, I mean, you have stuff, there's so many different options too. You have 
the comicsology stuff, you have the infinite books, you have made fires titles. I mean, there, everybody's trying something a little different. Um, so there's more options out there from, from a consumer standpoint. Um, it also has, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think there are two separate markets. I don't think it's the same market. I think that's one thing that a lot of people have a hard time understanding. I, I really don't think that digital is necessarily stealing from the print market, um, or vice versa. I know that I personally buy print books and digital books. Um, they might not always be the same books. And sometimes I buy the same books in two different formats because, you know, the digital stuff has, has a little bit more, you know, it has like, uh, for instance, Valiant titles. I love their digital books that have a lot of the, you know, the inked pages by Carrie Nor or Carrie and, you know, different artists that I admire. It's nice to have the, uh, the, uh, ability to, to pick though, which is awesome. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Well, you loaded us up. That was an intense first hour. Oh wow, we're they're already at the hour, huh? <laughs> yes. Time go goes fast. by when you're when you're having fun. And I'm out of a beer, so I guess that's perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, we we thought uh, here we are uh, in our in our in the ultimate measure of self-importance. You know, after we saw you at the con, we thought oh, it's going to be great. We'll have Daniel on to talk about his Kickstarter. We'll help him out. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Seeing as how it was subscribed in 30 hours, it was now 4x oversubscribed. I guess uh, we didn't need to help you too much. But that being said, uh, it is still open, and uh, we do, it I is. think, have some it sway. Is. So for those it of is. you who uh, who have not yet pledged, you should definitely go on a Kickstarter and uh, please look for the project and back it. Uh, I know I've backed it. I think David is or soon will be backing it. It's definitely Absolutely, something yes. that uh, – that is, I'm gonna back it. I know you are. You're a Lovecraft right. fan. Um, so thanks for just under, just under two weeks left. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's. It, I I highly recommend it. it it's going to be amazing. Um, and this is just the first issue. I have to stress that there will be more issues. And we will. Uh, I guess I'm trying to think when we'll see you next. Uh, probably. Uh, I guess heroes. Maybe. Maybe. Or do you maybe. see two e two or. Uh, I'm doing here. I, I pretty much do all the major ones except yeah. I think I haven't decided on San Diego this year. I'm kind of on the fence. We don't go there, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> well, we have. <laughs> we don't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing Emerald City. I'm doing uh, MegaCon um, for the first time. Uh, that's oh, well, that's, in Florida. That's, that's, that's in my backyard, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, of course, do. I always will do Heroes. It's it's probably my favorite convention, um, even though I, you know completely work myself to death it's just so much fun to see everybody uh it's the only con where all the artists come yeah um, it's I, we we jason and i were there for the first time this year and it was a blast we're working on getting vince there next year it's it it hits that sweet spot it's before new york comic con where she gets crazy and it like you said it's it's an artist convention. It's, you're not getting your not yeah. getting ahead with video games or all these publisher booths. It's really just yeah. for comic dealers and a bunch of artists. And I can't remember the last time I had that much fun. I mean, yeah, we had a blast. It's a really big artist alley, and that's fantastic. It is, and it's also it. You know what? It's a different atmosphere. It's where everybody yes. is honestly just hanging out um, mm-hmm. after the after the con's over. I I literally have drinks with just about everybody under the sun. Well, that's um, the thing. People, I, that, people and, that I met at the con that day. I mean, it, it's yeah, great. I, I think the, um, the, the the great thing about that show, um, 
is that it extends beyond the, the, the showroom floor. It's that it's 95% of the people attending from, from fans to press to creators to executives all stay at the same hotel. Yeah. Uh, everybody hangs out at the same hotel bar all night. Um, pretty much Charlotte shuts down on the weekends because it's a banking city. Yeah. So other than the show and some restaurants and some bars, there's really nothing else going on to distract people or lead you lead you away from this. So it, it re- like you said, it really is. I mean, I got there this year. I, I got there uh, a, a bit earlier than David, um, and pretty early on the uh, on Thursday. And I'm just sitting, you know, at that bar. It was World Cup was on, and just having a meal. And you know, there were maybe 20, 30 people in the bar area at the time. And then slowly but surely, like. Jason Latour walks in, Mateo Scalero walks in, different guys, and they come up and say hi to me while I'm eating. You know, again, it's just one of those things like just – just it's that kind of scene, right? It's just there's yeah. – everybody's hanging out. There's no pretense. There's no uh, – it, it really is um, – it definitely lives up to the hype. The only one that we haven't done that I'm still very curious to do um, is is Emerald City just Emerald because City. of her oh, very complimentary things about that as well. And, it, and you have raved about Dragon Con, but I think oh, since Dragon I'm not a cosplayer, I don't know if that's really I – don't, I don't know if that one's going to win me over. But I I got to tell you, Dragon Con is, is my second favorite. Right. Um, Heroes is my first. Dragon Con would be my second. Um, Dragon Con's epic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be a visual smorgasbord. It really is. And is that where you make your girlfriend? Uh, no, well, uh, no, actually, better in, uh, New Orleans, actually. Okay. And funny enough, we're going there in a couple of months. We try and do that. At, we try and do New Orleans once every year. Um, mm-hmm. that's kind of our, our favorite city. Um, nice. so yeah. The, uh, no, Dragon Con's epic. I mean, it's, it's, it's a marathon. Um, and it's, it's one giant, it's kind of like one giant party, but with cosplay as the background. Um, right, right. And it's the greatest, even if you don't do cosplay, the, just going to see the costumes that people spend the entire year working on is, is unbelievable. There was a dragon there this year that was literally the size of two cars <laughs> that someone was inside of walking around. And it was the most realistic dragon I've ever seen. Like everybody was just in awe. There was a huge crowd around it because no one wanted to go near it because it looked real. That's Damn. awesome. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Nice. People go all out for that con. Well, Daniel, uh, thank you again. Now, let everybody know where they can find you on the various interwebs, all the, DeviantArt, I am literally, I am literally on just about every yeah. social network imaginable. Um, I I do Instagram. I do. Uh, if you want to see progress shots of stuff as I'm working on it, I tend to post those on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, on Twitter, I'm Saul one S A U L O N E. Um, long story, uh, but <laughs> one we're not going to go into now. Uh, I have a, I have my own website, DanielGovar.com, and then I also do DeviantArt, um, right. which also is my name. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I, I'm pretty active on pretty much all the networks. Uh, Facebook. Feel free to hit me up, shoot me a message. Um, depending upon my workload, I might get back to you in a couple of days. <laughs> uh, unless there's somebody that I already know. But yeah. Nice. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. And, uh, I will hit you up, uh, 
with the commission idea in mind, but I'm leaning awesome. heavily towards the uh, Megan Captain Britain because it sounds like it would be great. <laughs> oh, it would be fantastic. I, would, I can't wait. All right, let's yeah. lock it in then. Let's lock it awesome. in. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, guys. All right, man. Have a good night. Thank you, man. You too. Take Thank care. You. Be well. Bye, guys. Have See a good night. We're back. That was jam-packed, wasn't it? I enjoyed He's it. He's a good dude. He is. Good he dude. is. He is. I mean, seeing him at the shows, I didn't think he would talk all that much because whenever we do go up to him, he usually has his head down. Oh, and he's it's dead. Yeah, but now, I mean, he was he was very informative. Yeah, he's a real very... he's a real outgoing cat. I mean, Vince, you didn't have the uh, you didn't have the benefit of meeting his girlfriend as we did. Oh yes. But if you were to have met his his lady love, you would. Not uh, assume that he's in any way, shape, or form incapable of so being social. Because yeah, um, okay. I just, I have two words for you: dime piece. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying, yeah. but I'm saying. I'm saying he's right. Right. Good for Mister Govar. All right, I got lots to catch up on here. <laughs> I got a lot of comic books I want to talk yeah, about. You go but first. It's, it's, it's David. Hey, David, my turn, now, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I was, I was going to make booze night, but go ahead, Vince. You go first. It's my damn turn. Um, well, I'm going to save the thing I really wanted to talk about for later because I don't want to start off with controversy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we went over this a little bit on the PMs on the Facebook, and two out of three of us didn't really care for it. So I'm going to save. I'll save that till later. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about something neither of you have read. How do you? Know? In, 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 yeah, I know. In, in hopes. <laughs> In, in hopes that you do check it out. Was it the fade out? Because, no, because I thought it was I amazing. Fade out. I did too, Love but that, I, I knew you re- reread that. So that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. This thing was uh, written by James Tinian IV, illustrated by Eric Donovan. Adam Gazowski did the color art. Uh, it's an extra size book one of three published dude? by, yeah, published by Boom. Uh-huh. Did, you, did you read this? It's called Mimetic. Dude, Eric Donovan's my boy. <laughs> He's off the bat. All right. I'm just checking. Just checking. Hung out with him at Heroes. Drew on my All jam right. piece. He's my Facebook friend. So for those of you who... who Shout out, asked, e. What up, E? Yeah, you know that apple cart? You totally knocked the fucking thing over. But that's okay. I'm going to pick up my apples and go here. The lowdown on this book is really cool. I, I think it's a really, really special title that is going to click with a lot of y'all because it's about a college student. It starts off with a college student named Aaron. He's he's having a little bit of relationship issues with his boyfriend, uh, Ryan. He can't get in touch with him. He keeps keeps sending him messages on the on the little uh, phone, and he's not answering. He's like, "Where are you? I'm upset." Blah blah blah. So, uh, since the object of his affection is AWOL, Aaron does what most people do, uh, waste time with social media, right? Word. A- and, and that's where he encounters the good time sloth. And, and this is a particularly pervasive meme that's currently chewing up the, the interwebs. Yeah. What it, what it is, it's an, it's an image of a happy looking creature. Which is framed by by multicolored concentric circles, and he's he's flashing the old thumbs up sign, or, or in this case, since it is a sloth, it's it's claws up, and and gazing at the thing is purported to produce a profound feeling of well being, euphoria, 
uh, nonstop static feels. I mean, people just feel great when they look at this thing and they tell other people about this thing. I mean, it's a meme. That's what memes do, right? The thing is everywhere. It, it, it to the point where it even spills over into traditional media. The TV news picks it up, uh, surprisingly quickly because usually these things take a little while to filter down, but no, this one just bam. As soon as it hit, it was on the news because people don't understand it. They're, they're saying, what is it about this damn good time sloth that, that's attracting all these people? People are studying it. They're, they're, they're dissecting its effects. They're looking at it. Um, Aaron, however, is, is kind of stymied at the popularity of this thing. He, he doesn't get it. He, he's seen it. It didn't make him feel any different than before he, he, he gazed at it. But, um, his, his best buddy, Sarah, loves it i mean she's like have you seen this thing this just makes me feel so good he's like yeah whatever uh it's it, it, it's fine i i i just don't get it fortunately for aaron he's colorblind ah. <laughs> and and the and, and the effects of this thing don't get their dig their hooks into him because 12 hours that's the gestation period 12 hours after feeling that initial wave of of ecstasy millions probably billions of of viewers all across the world begin bleeding profusely from the eyeballs and they completely lose their shit and and become these murdering meat engines i mean they just start attacking people just murdering killing i mean society goes into the toilet and it happens relatively quickly um this is where marcus shaw enters the picture he's a retired pentagon official and he's watching all this go down from a distance not to the point where society goes in the crapper but he's looking at this he's and he's hearing it on the news he's like i i, I don't i don't know this this sounds to me like something's been weaponized and marcus remember is a, a retired pentagon official and why hasn't the sloth managed to sink its digital teeth into Marcus? Because he's almost blind. He has macular degeneration. Oh. Yes. So you got, you have a, an old man, a retired, uh, military man, uh, a young college student, uh, the, the world erupting in riots and bloodshed. Can a colorblind kid and an old man save the day? It really seems unlikely because the the first couple pages of this book um it's uh, the i believe the caption was day 3 and we see the 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 lengths to which the world has degraded i mean it is a mess and i don't, i don't think anybody can turn back the, this bloody tide but you know what i'm going to be around for all three issues to find out because i have to say i had a definite sense of missing time while reading this issue huh it it was so damn good. Uh the reality that, that the creative team conceived is so damn captivating that the real world, it was gone. I, I had no sense of of anything other than the story. it's completely enthralling. I mean this is what good storytelling does, right? It transports you, it ushers you into another place. I mean, Tinian Four and Company you will be taken on a journey, right? Is the sloth weaponized picto warfare? Is it Illuminati plot to thin the population? Who the hell knows? But damn it, I, I need issue number two. This is rock solid good comics. Great comics, I would say, because 
I mean, any any piece of art is going to transform you. Uh, bad art will transform you because you you leave uh, or, you, or you avert your gaze and and you either formulate opinion that you liked it, you didn't like it, or you didn't form an opinion. It was mediocre, right? Any so any art transforms you. This is going to transform you in a way unlike that. This is going to take you away. You you are going to be literally just enthralled with this thing. I'm I'm confident when I say that because it, it it it's it's incredible. And and your boy, as you call him, Eric Donovan, he he does an excellent excellent job in, in the sequentials because it's it's very matter of fact. There's no hey look what I can do or look at the chops I learned third year uh in uh you know in my classes this is just he's playing to the strengths of the story he's not noodling he's not embellishing there's no double page spreads just for the sake of double page spreads i mean when there is larger panels it's for a reason he's he's you know putting the exclamation point at the end of the sentence he's showing you what he needs to show you it is a really great comic uh like i said it was extra sized uh 4.99 cover price but um so you get more pages of story and art and in the back you get four pages of a uh, further look into this world um where they'll they'll uh the creative team goes into some of the characters why they look and act and and are dressed and appear the way they do it's just it's just a really super solid first issue and it, i was incredibly thankful for the the experience to read it nice Yes, it is an amazing, amazing issue. And I, when we do the 11 o'clockers, I, I guarantee you that Mimetic's going to be on there. Unless they shit the bed, second and third issue, mm. which I don't think is going to happen. You no, know, they, I have utmost confidence. You know, let, I mean, the possibilities are there, but I don't think so. I think this, it started off amazingly strong, and I believe it's going to continue in that direction. The, the entire three of nice. It's interesting you mentioned 11 o'clockers. It's just something that I read over the past couple of days that uh will probably be on my 11 o'clockers but I'll I'll let you continue if there's more stuff you have to get through. Oh, I do, but I'll let somebody else go cuz I have like 1 2 3 4 5 6 books. I got lots of I stuff. I got 17 books. We're we're coming back next week, you guys realize that, right? Well, I know, but we got, I got to make up for lost time, dude. It's true. <laughs> People need their vents. People oh, do yeah. need their vents. That is true. People in this house don't even need the That's vents. why you gotta give it to right, people. Right, I was gonna on say podcast. people in your house don't need the vents, but people on the interwebs <laughs> need the vents. For reals. Right. Do you want to talk about that book that, that all kind Dude, of, go ahead. That, that, yeah, that, that set, it that, set it up, bro. Alright. I, I was very eager to read the second issue of a series that started, in my opinion, um, on an As amazing- As I think all for, three of us were. I think you're right. We were in complete agreement. Yes. Um, and I'm talking about Scott Snyder and Jock's Witches from from Image Comics. Witches ain't shit. The, 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 the second issue of which was released yeah, today. And let's give credit where it's due. Matt Hollingsworth did the color on this thing. Um, I read the second issue eagerly, and I thought it was great. My my cohorts here, they don't feel the same way, and and I, I would like to know why. Uh, um, well, I, I, I thought it was incomprehensible. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I, I, I reread it 
after you said, why don't you reread it? Maybe you were in, in, in the right mindset. And I feel like it's making me work way too hard to appreciate the story. And, um, if it wasn't for the quality of the creative team, I would have tapped out after this issue, but I'll, I'll come back for issue three to see if they pull me back in. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious because I, I, I don't think it was that impenetrable. I'm just like, what about it? Like you said, okay, it was, it was difficult. What about it? It is, is, I don't want to say confusing you because you don't get confused. What, what about it isn't apparent? No, I, I would say confused is a perfectly fine word for this. For me. Well, why? Um, why? I, I thought it, I didn't understand it was jumping around. I didn't understand, um, there seemed to be time shifting. I, I, I didn't understand what, where the time shifting was, why it would have signified, what was the status quo, um, I, I just, I don't know the whole thing. I just, I really, I, I honestly lost the narrative. I, I, I didn't, I, I, other than knowing that there's, this girl is being tormented and, and there's, there's other things going on with the family lineage and, and witches. I, I, I just felt completely disconnected from why I should care what's happening, what part of it is in her mind versus reality, um, including the, you know, the growth on her neck. And I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm clearly, I'm, I'm sure I'm not representative here. I'm sure plenty of people, you're not the only one I saw gush about it today. And, and I, the, I definitely uh, enjoyed the first issue. I, I just, uh, for me, I, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just did. I didn't get a lot of the decisions made. I didn't understand she's on a bus. Then the bus is in the woods. And did she steal the bus? Did everybody else in the bus die? Uh, <laughs> are they just sitting in the bus waiting for her. Then, then no, she, she, she stole she the bus. The bus. I, with, yeah. with me, it's, it's very similar to, to Jason's take on it. But whereas the first issue kind of, um, caused me to ask questions and, and wanted, the first issue got me interested in this world and I wanted to know more about dad and his tattoo and the amusement park and, and, and to the, uh, I guess the aftermath of, of what happened, the incident in the woods with Sailor and, and this just kind of picked up right it not it didn't pick up right afterwards it just now she's at a swim meet and or swim practice and and she is she seeing things outside and and someone's inside her head or inside her body it it was not this didn't feel like a second issue it it, it felt like an issue that i would make more sense if the series continued with with another couple of issues between it it just uh i as stoked as i was with the first issue and i read the second issue thinking that i was going to get that that same feeling and and i didn't and it's maybe it's just because of other things i've been reading and and i uh it's not even, you know, do I have to work too hard for this? It's just something, something seemed off between the first issue and the second issue for me. I, I didn't get the, uh, the same feeling. It, it didn't. And, and again, like Jason, if, if it wasn't for Snyder and definitely if it wasn't for Jock, I don't know if, um, if I'd be back for the third issue just because I was left scratching my head and not, not in a good way that I was left scratching my head after the first issue. Hmm. 
Wow. I'm a bit, a, a bit, a bit stunned. Hmm. Really? Because, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to break it down. Uh, because I, I, we could go through the whole thing. And, and I think, I think the one weak spot is when, um, Lucy is with, uh, what was his name? Dylan in the, in the hospital. The kid that got, um, hit, the hit and run victim. And, uh, so Lucy has a medical background, which is, is okay. But, and, and we're starting to get a little bit of a glimpse as to why she's in the wheelchair. Uh, they lead us to believe that, uh, she somehow tried to prevent Sailor from being pledged. Did you get that yes. part? Okay. Because you see the thing, she's having the, the recollection of the, of the incident. You see the thing laying in the middle of the road and she's driving. And then, um, as she's, she's grabbing the blood, she sees the, the body of whatever it was that she, she, she hit. Um, the, in the beginning, uh, we, it picks up actually right after the, the end of the first issue, Sailor, um, is accosted in her bedroom by Annie, who, who obviously bit her or clawed her, and that's where the wound comes from on the neck, and she's going on the men, goes back to school, and she starts seeing Annie out the window of the gym as she's, uh, swimming, um, uh, and somebody pops up in their house and um, attacks uh, Charlie. Yeah. So I mean I don't know. It, 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 it's it. There's there there is a feeling. There's a bit of a disjointed feeling, but I think that's but intentional. Right, and and you see the person who's attacked Charlie. You see what he says on the last page, and it's I'm not. It, it, it's not so much that, oh, I have to work so hard to, to follow the story. It, it's just, I, I don't, I, I trust these guys because I've, I've read other work they've done and, and I enjoy it, but it's, um, it, it seems a little not so, um, linear is not the right word, but it's, it, there's some disconnect. That, that, that I'm feeling and it's, uh, and maybe I'm supposed to, I don't know. I, you, you, right. you really dug it and, and you're, but it's, it's, you know, we're, we're at mom at the hospital and then, and then someone's driving home and then there's the thing with the bus. And then at first second, I, I got confused with, with the agent and with dad. And I'm like, well, who the hell just saw her driving the bus? And then it caught on and, and it, it's right, right. right. It's, it's, so it's, it's the, it, it's, it's Charlie's agent and it's, but it's, um, and then Charlie's getting all upset because Reggie is is fucking around in 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 the motorized chair, and it's just I, I just it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like the follow up issue to a really good first issue is huh. it, it just I whether there was too much work for me to do or I just I it it, it almost it, it it got so weird because as I'm reading it I'm like. Hey, this this art looks like that guy that 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 did the losers, and it, it dawned on me that yeah, I'm reading a fucking book called <laughs> Jock, and I'm like I'm like, but it, it's so many things are going on with me that as I'm reading it, I'm like I'm just I am completely unattached from from what's going on, and and you know I'll, I'll read it again when the third issue ships to see if 
I need to be in a different mindset or maybe I just need that next issue to, to, to see if there's a, if there's a connection and something clicks. But as, as a second issue and I've, I've read second issues, this just, this left me feeling not like I did after reading the first. Hmm. Well, one thing, um, I think, uh, Snyder makes very apparent is that these things are really powerful. I mean, they took over the, the body of a, of a, kid in a hospital you know that their 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 tendrils they they run really long and and that's kind of scary another thing was the cover got me i think the cover is incredibly disturbing oh definitely with the the the, the, that's that reminds me of the believers when 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 she's fucking putting the makeup on her cheek and then the ants come out that that was freaky as hell but i think what also annoyed me was was all the lens flare towards the end of the issue yes oh wow um, the, one of the main reasons why the cover freaked me out a bit is it's a personal reason because, yeah. uh, especially, especially after they mentioned, um, lymphatic system in the, in the book and it could be a, you know, it could be attacking her, her lymph nodes. That's exactly where I had yeah. my, no, I realize her. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is, I, I, you know, so that's another layer on it that both of you would right. never. You know, God bless. I hope you never do. But um so yeah, so it hit home a little bit. But that's not entirely the reason why I I was I was drawn in. I just, I mean I thought it was a it was a good issue, not as good as the first, obviously, but uh, a a decent issue nonetheless. So uh, I'm I like it when we split. Well, look, it could be mindset because uh, I had a tough time with a couple of books this week that uh, were 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 issues in series that up to this point I've really enjoyed. And then I, for some reason, this issue just was, was uh, akin to hitting a safety wall. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, you know, uh, like I was trying, like, I, or more, I was backing up in a parking garage and my tires just popped. I, I just uh, felt like, and it wasn't as though each of these, it wasn't as though it was a bunch of number two issues. It was uh, a number two issue in this case, number four issue, uh, a number. What was that? I don't want to get, I mean, do you, do you yeah, want... I don't get into it. Okay. But, but just there were just a, a couple different series that I've been enjoying. And then these issues just left me, uh, feeling, okay, well, this isn't what I was expecting. So I don't know. Um, so what did you enjoy this week? You got lots that. of things actually. Cool. <laughs> but I, I, the, the most pleasantly surprising thing this week that, um, I, I, I enjoyed was the first trade of the new Marvel now Electra series. Yes. Um, with phenomenal art by Mike Del Mundo. I mean, uh, yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous art, art. Yeah. And, and written by W Hayden Blackman. Um, I, I just, uh, th- this is one of those, those, Secondary characters that I'm, I'm sure, uh, I would imagine people that are reading this, how do I say this? Um, there's lots of DC books we're not reading currently, but I think it's, it's, uh, many of them probably are, are entertaining. It's just that they're secondary or tertiary characters and, and so if we're not feeling the universe as much, we're not as likely to pick those up. I, I would put Elektra in that camp for someone that's not a diehard Marvel fan. I, I don't think Elektra is making the, the cut on a lot of people's lists unless you read a lot of Marvel, right? I think that's fair to say. Um, but for those of you who listen to us, in, in, in particular for Big Two, 
looking for those times when you should pick up a, a, an ancillary title. I, I think this is one that's worth your while. Um, uh, Electra, as we all know, is a, is a, assassin arguably one of the best if not the best assassins out there uh she's come back from the dead uh she resurrected by the hand the the japanese ninja cult um she's of, of mediterranean descent of greek descent in most cases depicted that way uh in this series we find her uh in search of uh purpose she has a handler she essentially says to the handler i need something to take my mind off of everything that's been going on with me so give me a job the handler assigns her a job um, that has been uh, that's that's been difficult to achieve by a number of other assassins, and making it more complicated. The handler tells Electra that in order to collect the bounty, she needs to bring this person back alive, and goes on to say that Electra, the only person, Electra's the only person in her cadre of potential hires that she thought had the ability to uh, pull this off. So uh, Electra is looking for this, this, this character who I believe is new. Um, it could be someone that, that used to exist, but, but I believe it's new and it's, it's an older a, a fellow assassin that's older now. Um, and she has to try and find him, but he's, 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 he's almost deathstroke in his abilities. It seems um, and he's, he's a total badass and, and leading up to this, uh, further complicating things, he was being hunted by, uh, I think scalp hunter, uh, lady bullseye and then uh, two or three other, uh, assassins for hire. And he took them all out at once. So, uh, Electra does what she does and she tries to track him down, but she's not the only one trying to track him down. There's a huge bounty out for this guy. Um, and so lots of other assassins are seeking him out. Uh, including a new villain called Bloody Lips. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yep. this is a fascinating character. Yep. Bloody Lips is essentially a mashup of Tony Chu from Chu and Craven the Hunter. <laughs> yes. Right? You're it's, right. It's yeah. this, this sleek, almost cat-like hunter guy who has a, um, wears a, a helmet of a, of a cat, of a skinned cat. And then he has a face that, that is depicted by Del Mundo as almost a black screen with, 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 with glowing eyes. Not quite sure whether that's supposed to be a mask or a skin or what have you, but, but it's depicted that way. And in essence, he is, um, a sebapath. I, I, I know that term was created by the two guys, but, but he eats things and by eating them, he absorbs their memories and their powers. Right. Well, that was always uh, a uh, w- whenever they say you consume your your enemies and you will gain their right. powers. That goes back. That goes back mm-hmm. thousands. Of yeah. Years, yeah. So, but but and this is he's a superhero in the sense they're not superhero. He's a superhuman in that he can actually do this. So he mm-hmm. and and we through the course of this first arc we see him doing all sorts of crazy things. He he eats a hammerhead shark to be able to swim underwater. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to eat the whole thing, but the more of something he consumes, the more of the essence of the thing he gets. Um, he, he goes and seeks out Bullseye, uh, who is, who's infirmed at this point, and he takes a couple chunks at a Bullseye so that he can learn Bullseye's history and, and how to. Love. Yeah, that awesome, part. right? Love that. Um, yeah. And, and so this, this guy is a true foil to Electra because he's in essence like the Taskmaster, only the Taskmaster can mimic 
any ability that he sees, but he's not superhuman beyond that. This this guy can, if he eats somebody that flies, he can fly. If he eats a creature that's uh, impervious to you know, armor plated, he can feel less less pain, or he can gain super strength. So he is quite a formidable opponent to say the least. And she is pitted up against him in her quest to find this guy. Um, Bloody Lips wants to kill the guy. Uh, she wants to keep, to capture the guy alive. And, um, yeah, I just, I thought this was a terrific, uh, self-contained first arc. You don't by any means need to know who Electra was prior to this. So if you've never read an Electra story, that, sh- that should not put you off from reading this at all. Uh, and again, I think it's important not to short shrift Del Mundo here. He's, he's, he does this painterly style. And for those that aren't aware, Electra is, uh, She's a, she wears red. She's a red, a red clad, um, uh, assassin. And he just works his magic with her sashes and the motion of her costume and using the color red as a, as a, for panel layouts and for composition. Yeah. Um, blood spray. Yeah. It just, blood. Right. Tons of blood splatter. It's, it's just a beautiful book. It, it's, 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 uh, Del Mundo. Hmm. He 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 deserves a lot more credit for this book than I think he's getting. Probably because again, it's not a, a top tier book in the sales charts. But I was floored by this. I I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I I David, do you know? I, I think the series is close to being canceled, if not canceled. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. But that being said, yeah. there is a second trade paperback arc coming, and you know we often get questions on the forums or on Twitter or Facebook. People say, well, what are little known runs or, or, or shorter runs that are worth reading? This is definitely going to be up there for me. I, I think it's, it's, even if it's just 12 issues when all is said and done, it's worth it. Uh, it's a perfect taste introduction to Electra. Uh, and again, it's self-contained. It's, it's, it's tucked away from the rest of the Marvel universe. Um, you're not bogged down by any kind of event tie-ins. So two huge thumbs up for me. And I'm not, I don't think I've read a ton of Blackman's writing, but kudos for this because the dialogue is sharp. The characters are distinctive. Um, so yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about this. That, that was one of the true pleasant surprises of my DCBS shipment this, this time out. Two comments. I bought this solely on the strength of Del mm-hmm. Mundo. I have to be honest because his covers for um, X-Men Legion are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not Legion, uh, Legacy, Legacy right. are, are amazing. And number two, I want to see uh, Bloody Lips take a bite out of Bruce Banner. Interesting. Wouldn't that be awesome? He wouldn't have to bite the Hulk. He probably wouldn't be able to bite the Hulk. But if he chowed down on, say, you know, took a, a pound or two out of out of Bruce right. Banner, wouldn't he gain that ability? Mm-hmm. That would be amazing to see. If, that. if I had a nitpick, the only nitpick of the story, I think it's a bit of a MacGuffin or, or a Deus Ex Machina, whatever you want to call it is she essentially defeats Bloody Lips by letting him ingest more of her. Mm, and yeah. and number one, he had already tasted her because that's how he gets aware of her. In the first place, he, he licks a bloody sword from Lady Bullseye who had cut her. And so he already he's already ingested her, so I, I don't know why it would come as a surprise. And secondly, uh, in essence, if you were to believe this this guy's backstory where he's eating wild animals and other super beings and all kinds of crazy assassins like bullseye. I find it hard to believe that Electra's history would be so repugnant and so manic <laughs> that that would be what sets him off that he can't continue. Right. It's so 
So I thought that was a little bit of a conceit, but a small right. nitpick to what was otherwise a really fun, action-packed arc. Yeah, you would think that eating the flesh of a character that has returned from the dead would drive him somewhat insane, because I'm sure that's an extremely traumatic right. experience. I mean, who? No one's ever done it, but one would think that that coming back from wherever one goes when one ceases to be would be really mind blowing, mind destroying. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and Electra isn't all there. She never had. No, it. that's true. And and after that, it just became. It was even compounded even more by by her resurrection. Right. So she's not the most stable character in the right. world. Yeah, it was, I thought I agree with you. I think this was a really great mm-hmm. series. Yep. Most deaf. Yeah, visually stunning. The 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 uh, what Del Mundo does with the double page spreads and the flow of the action is just impeccable. It's amazing, amazing stuff. Couldn't agree more, sir. Yeah, look at that. Copacetic. See that? We're not totally misaligned. Nah. (laughs) Not totally. (laughs) Hey, David. Yes, Vincent. What do you have? Uh, Well, all right. Speaking of uh, getting all our alignments in check, uh, I shotgunned something over the past couple days. All set. That um, will probably... Please, Jason, somewhat. Mm. Um, I, I didn't. Your 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 review definitely uh, brought it to the top of the stack, so to speak. But um, I, uh, I listened to what you were saying, trying not to listen, so that when I read it, I wouldn't. Um, and 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 you were good in your review, but I. Uh, I finished actually today, uh, during my lunch break, I finally finished, uh, the, the eighth issue, but I read Jeff Lemire's Trillium. Nice. Nice. And I, since Vince brought up the 11 o'clockers, uh, this will probably find its way somewhere on, on my list. It was, uh, it was, it was fantastic. It, um, it's nothing like Sweet Tooth. It's nothing like Underwater Welder. It's nothing like anything I've, I've read from Jeff before. Uh, it's, um, it's gorgeous. The colors by, uh, are just, are amazing. They, uh, um, I really, uh, it's even the, uh, the whole twisting the book upside down to read the other timeline and 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 when things kind of uh um match up uh between nicka and uh and and billy it just it um it really is it's different it's unique it's it's something that i think if if you're a fan of comic books this is something that i think the medium is really uh this is what the medium is all about you can showcase what comic books can do uh, with Trillium, it's, um, it really is, it, it, it's a, fun, it's a phenomenal experiment, I'll say. It's, it's a story that, the story itself may not, uh, let you roll on fire, but it's still a really good story. And, and to see it all play out, and I was a little worried about it as we're getting into the eighth issue, uh, how it's all going to, to finish and, um, and if, if things are going to fit neatly, but it, the ending was nice, but it, it, this is a book, this is a story that, that really is all about the journey and, and, uh, 
to see where where these two particular characters are going. Uh, the the title of the book is refers to to a flower, but that becomes just not even as important as as just these two characters and uh the whole thing with the temple and and how how they're the timelines are all screwed up and and essie of of all things is uh remembers certain aspects of of these timelines it's just it it is a really i i'm gonna stop short from saying fun book but it, it it is definitely something that uh that i think people need to Need to read. I haven't seen Jeff really look, look this good art wise, uh, in a while. And it's, it's been a while since I've checked out Sweet Tooth. I, I, um, since the book was coming out and, and the, the early issues, I haven't really, um, um, that is one story like 100 Bullets I, I haven't finished because I don't want it to end. So, uh, Jeff's work here looks different than I've um I've seen him in the past. But overall I just I I'll uh I'll co sign that. It it was uh Trillium is definitely something that I think people need to need to read. And and uh it's it's probably you know, I've read the nobody. I I read a lot of Sweet Tooth. Um, still haven't read Essex County, although I do have it in my Comicsology library thanks to a top shelf sale. I, I, uh, I have it. I haven't read it, but I think Trillium is definitely something that I'll, um, I'll remember from, uh, Jeff Lemire will be remembered for Trillium than, uh, some of his, his earlier works as far as I'm concerned right now, uh, especially his, his mainstream DC stuff. I, I think his, his creator owned work is, he, he's one of those guys who definitely, um, I think the, the love of the story and, and what he's trying to do, I think that shines through more with his stuff than it does with, with the, uh, properties owned by others. Yeah. I, well, I, I agree with you. I think the, the, uh, the style of illustration was a bit of a departure for, for, um, Jeff. There was a, a little bit of, um, a lessening, uh, so to speak, of the shorthand that he employs on other books. Right. It, it was a little bit of a tighter grasp on the um, realism. There was a little more anatomy than we're used to seeing from um, Jeff, a little more detail, a, n- a nice balance. I mean, I'm not saying he just scribbles in his other right. work, but, but but the Lemire shorthand, I mean, that we all know it, yes. right? But but in this book, I think that he he dove a little bit deeper, a little bit more polished. Yeah, what? And I don't mean that to say that. Yeah, they, I don't want to go right, there. But, but it's it's just it. You're right. It it, it more finished. There was a little bit more. Uh, uh, the intensity was jacked up a bit. Okay. He didn't he didn't leave so many things to the imagination as he does in his other work. Like uh, he'll be. Um, you look at Sweet Tooth, where he's he's very confident in one line doing the job. In in Trillium, maybe two, maybe three. You know, he he delineates a bit more than we're used to, and I think it looks great on him. I really do. It's it's a more um, visually, I think it's a more comprehensive look, but it works well because this is an alien 
landscape. These these are strange beings, whereas Sweet Tooth, most of it is pretty commonplace. So it works okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I love both uh, the, the the equally, but I, I thought this was a really nice change of pace from uh, Mr. Lee. I agree. Yeah. So glad you liked it. Me too. My man. Me my too. man. You stop typing, Respect. David. I can't. can't. Stop your damn blogging. <sighs> what are you, Dr. Doom? Yes. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's all funny and stuff. Yeah, it's amazing the shit the bed even before the moment. Oh, stop. We're being positive. Uh, no, no, whatever. It, I'm not being positive be on that. that. I gotta I have something else. Of course you do. Yes. Do we read this one? Uh, probably mm. not. Um, <laughs> who's always clamoring for more giant monster comics? Who? This guy, right? Here, two right? thumbs. Well, Colin Bond just gave me a very much appreciated gift. Aww. Yes. This thing is called Terrible Lizard. Nice. And it's from uh, Oni Press. Uh, illustrated by Drew Moss. Color art by Ryan Hill. Guess who lettered it? Crank. Nice. And, uh, as I said, written by Colin Bunn, who seems to be writing about 13,000. He's writing all the comics, I think. All the comics, right. Um, it's a really cool setup. It's... Uh, Will not discombobulate you at all. It's, it's almost in the realm of the sixties, um, monster movies. The, the story involves a teen, a girl named Jessica Anders. She's a bit of a loner, not by choice, because she lives on a research installation named, named Cosmos Labs. Why would a teen be living on a research installation? Well, daddy. She's got the Ebola. No, Daddy's the chief egghead. Mm. He's he's the, the the head honcho of the Chrono Sciences division, and he's got this pending government contract that he's got to film or fill. fill. He's got to fill it because they want their time displacement project. They want it now, uh, and the government mm-hmm. and time displacement does not sound like uh, a good combination. But nevertheless, he agreed to it. Um, and, and so there's government agents on the place ensuring his uh, timeliness and success. We got one Colonel Grayson who's there and uh, he's pushing him like, let's get this thing done. Come on. Let, let, we, you need to do this. Uh, but Jessica doesn't have any friends. She did once, but she had to leave them behind because daddy cocked up his previous experiment. Uh, something went very, very wrong. They had to, they had to vacate the premises so they move, and uh, here they are. Jessica barges into the experiment, as Jessica does. She likes her skateboard, and she's racing around the installation. The, the experiment goes really wrong, and when the dust settles, standing on the time displacement pat- platform is a gigantic T-Rex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it sniffs Jessica and licks her face. And so this thing immediately bonds with the girl. But the army, like a puppy. Uh, Colonel Grayson, being a military man, orders his men to blow the damn thing away. And Jessica's like, no, no, he's not a monster. He's he's, he's all right. And uh, th- so the two are linked. And she eventually names the damn thing Rex with a W because that's what he does. I he wrecks things. Yes. Uh, and uh, dad keeps him around to maybe better understand the displacement process. But... 
And I'm not going to spoil it because it's really, really cool. Um, there's something else lurking in the shadows. Mm, Velociraptor. I was just going to say. No, bigger than, even bigger. It's really big and it has hair and back spines and and a crustacean-like claw, something that would be formidable both on the land and the sea. And it's extremely big and it has wrecks in its sights. Uh, I, yeah, just bravo, Mr. Bun. You did, you damn fish hooked me. Um, the first couple of pages, they do the old, this is what happens and this is how it started. And, uh, when you see what happens, you pretty much a rogues gallery on the second and third pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are gigantic creatures just barreling down main street. Uh, it's amazing. I'm in, uh, giant monster comics, ka- kaiju carnage. I need more of it. And, and this, this just, it fed that, that, uh, that ten-year-old sitting on the floor of the living room watching Godzilla destroy Tokyo. Break, that break is, the uh, moss art down for us. What, what, what is it like? Mm, I, I I think it's great. I think it's exactly the style that this book needs. It's not. We're, we're not talking Jeff Zornow or Matt Frank who are working on the the uh, the Godzilla book for IDW, and it's not in the realm of Dave Wachter. It's it's very much. It's it's sparse. It's clean. But it's expressive at the same time, which is really good. That's what that's what you need on a book like this. The 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 lines are very uh sensual in some spots, which is cool. It's it's just big uh in your face action. And um the lines reflect that. There's no noodling, there's no stipple, there's no cross hatching, it's just clean damn lines. Uh a lot of the process is carried by Ryan Hill. Colors are great. Um it's brushy. And, and, um, very emotive. How about that? The, the lines are alive. It's, it's, it's not what you would expect. This is not Herb Trimpey on, on Godzilla. Remember back in the, in the seventies, Trimpey was, was doing the Godzilla thing. This is its own beat. You know what? Here, here's a good way to put it. It, it looks to me, uh, like a dark horse book. Oh. It's, it's in, it's in the realm of ghost fleet. And, um, you know, the more, um, expressive, brushy, uh, stroke and splatter kind of dark horse artist. I, I think, I thought it was great. I loved it a lot. The character designs are awesome. When you see those, those beasts rampaging down the street, you're like, I need to know more about these little dreadlocked crustacean dudes that look like damn friggin' plankton walking down the street and there's millions of them and then you got another big thing and another big thing and it's just like there's a lot of monsters in this book mm-hmm. and, I, and 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 we need to get there the, he sets it up really good at the end to because that's where it's going to take us but this this first issue is all how did this t-rex get here at, you know the, the 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 opening the baby steps uh, it was great and i believe from what i hear that it's only a five issue limited series so nice and tight Nice and tight and compact, and the success is going to garner another one. I know it. I, I, this is not going to be the, the 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 first and last time we're going to hear from the terrible lizard or see the terrible lizard. It's going to be a thing. It's going to catch on. Cool. Yeah. Damn it! If I have my way, it's going to uh, catch on. Loved it. Nice. Did you? Um, I know David is from from the sounds of it, and I'm guessing you are not caught up on Thor. I'm I'm behind two issues. <laughs> two meaning so twenty five and one. No, one and two. 
Oh, didn't two come out today? Oh, I didn't read two. If it did. I didn't read two yet, if it did. But so yeah, wait, so I, but I you read all of the the you've you're, you've completed the Aaron run? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't I can't say I remember most of it because um, I read it in spurts, and I don't think that's the best way to read that run. Yeah, I was gonna say I um I read a year's worth of Thor this week, so that's perfect. That's the best way to do mm-hmm. it. Uh, I, I agree. I, I think that. Um, we were not alone in being effusive of his first two arcs, which were God Butcher and God Bomb, which were essentially one arc, but but two arcs worth of story. Um, and it seemed like that book, when he was th- those, during those arcs, he and Assad were Ribic were uh, getting heaped with praise every issue, justifiably so. Uh, and then it felt like the comics world kind of moved on. Uh, it's just my perception. I don't know if, if the numbers bear this out or whatever. It just seemed like people stopped talking about the book. Um, and, and, and maybe there's some truth to it because I stopped reading it month in, month out, although I kept buying it. Um, but Jason Aaron is Jason Aaron. And so I should have known better than to doubt. Uh, he, he continued to spin a very, very compelling yarn. Um, it's it's each each arc is 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 distinct and I if I'm being fair I'd have to say that the the arc that came after the the God Bomb was the the weakest of of but but weak in a in a relative sense not not weak in a absolute sense uh, where Thor is is matched up with uh, a member of each of the realms and they're all chasing down Malekith the accursed mm-hmm. and it has its moments but it felt a little more conventional in the storytelling and I think it borrowed a little too much from uh, the conceit of the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings you know, you know it's it's hard to I don't know it's hard to have a, a, a story where you've got a dwarf and an elf and a human right in there and, and a bunch of other and, and they're all forced into traveling together f- for this f- with a common purpose but they're all bickering and they have to get past their instantiated racial biases it just it just felt a lot to me like like lord like the lord of the rings setup uh but it was good i mean it was it, it 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 was a serviceable thor story um but then i think he 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 gets back fully on course with with the next arc which is um i, I the, the main story is Roxxon, which we all know as as 30 plus year marvel zombies Roxxon has always been one of the marvel um, go to evil corporations. Right. And the last time we saw Roxxon, they were swallowed up into the Lucan, uh, corporation in Captain America. And they referenced that now Roxxon has been spun back out and it's a standalone energy company. And the new leader of, of Roxxon is, uh, to the public doing everything right in terms of uh, evoking clean technology and 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 doing all of these benevolent societal things, but um, of course in the boardroom he's very much designed on essentially strip mining the earth for profit until there's nothing left. And Thor gets a bug up his ass because under Thor's watch you don't fuck with the earth, corporation or not. But it's one thing for Thor to go after a god or a villain or uh, a, a space entity because he can 
call down thunder on them or use his strength or throw Mjolnir at them. But how does he combat a corporation that's effectively operating within the letter of the law? And the answer is not too effectively. Um, you know, so, so, so the Roxxon Corp gets a hard on for Thor. As a result, they lay waste to, to Broxton, Oklahoma. Um, the, all is not what it seems with the Roxxon CEO. He's in, in fact a, 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 a mythical being, as it turns out. Uh, a, a bull in human clothing, shall we say. Um, but during this arc, where I think it gets interesting again, which is what they did in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the, the God Butcher God Bomb storyline is, dur- during all of this, we also have time juxtaposition where we're into the far flung future and Thor is, it's old Thor, super old Thor. Um, and he's hanging out with his three God, his granddaughters, all super hot. And Earth is essentially barren at this point. It's, it's just a barren dust. It's, it's, you get the sense that life on Earth has ceased to exist a long time ago. So who rolls up but old Galactus? And Galactus is ready to suck their Earth dry. And even though there's no life left on Earth, old Thor's not having it. He's like, nah, son, you are not destroying Earth. And Galactus is like, what the fuck, dude? Why do you care? It's, but that's the thing. It's, it's, this is the one planet that has always eluded Galactus. Something right, right. up where he's like, I can't have fucking Earth again today. Fuck. And, and so now he's finally like, listen, ain't nobody here. This is worthless. Don't nobody want it. I'm finally just, I'm going to have my last laugh. I'm going to eat it, be done with it, move on. And right. Thor's exactly. Like, son. And Thor's like, nah, son. And his, 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 his granddaughters are like, come on, grandpa. What do you, what do you care? What's the point of all this? And they go at it and, 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 um, and the cool thing is, and I won't give this conceit away, but, but, but old Thor is old and he's not who he used to be, but he's still super, super strong. <laughs> and he tries to kill Galactus, but Galactus is a cosmic entity. It's not like he can just kill Galactus, even in a weakened state. So he essentially makes a deal with the devil to possess an item that the Aaron Thor readers are very familiar with he, but this is in the future. He possesses this item to defeat Galactus, but the circle of life is complete. When we come to find out that his decision to possess this item in the future directly leads to the creation of a character that played a major role in the early part of the story. And that's just beautiful storytelling. Um, and it makes this, standalone, clever, almost what-if story that seems just to be a clever aside into something very meaningful to the entirety of the 24 issues that this four arcs encompass. Uh, and then in the 25th issue, which is the final issue before we get the the Thor 1 reboot um, that's been on all the press, is in essence a, an anthology. It's a three-story anthology where the the granddaughters, under their grandfather's uh, order, they can't just go out and battle. They also have to train their minds. So they're in this hall of this grand library where all of the recorded history is there. And and they have to read, and he makes them read about history and, and learn about the past. And so they read a couple tales uh, to entertain themselves. And one such tale is the uh, the history of Malekith, how Malekith came to be. Um, and I believe that's the first time we've ever seen that. 
Uh, if if yeah. I don't yeah. So I think I think it's just the I think Aaron takes it upon himself to give us Malekith's backstory for the first time, um, and it's done by three different artists. The first arc, the Malekith story, is done by Aaron Guerra, who is again for Aaron fans that that was his partner and co-creator of Scalped. So it was awesome to see him together doing Thor. Um, and, but, but in spite of it being an anthology of three different stories, again, all the three stories do tie in to each other and lead us directly into the reboot continuity. So it, it is all in one continuity and it all flows perfectly until we're presented with the new number one, which is she Thor for all of them. It's, it's, it's who is the new Thor. So let's take bets. I haven't read number two yet. I don't think you guys have. Nope. So who do you think after reading issue one, the new Thor is? Oh, I, I thought, I did not think it would be a human initially when it was first announced. Okay. Um, however, reading the first issue of Thor and seeing how things, uh, because of where the hammer is left and, uh, the location of Asgardia and the conversation that is had around the hammer and Odin being really put off and, and berating his son for not being able to, to pick up this hammer over some words. Um, I, my first guess and, and nothing has really made me change my mind yet after mulling it over, uh, is that it's Jane Foster. Okay. So do we all agree that it's not Frey, Freya, Freya, Freya? I do not think it's Odin's wife. Because we're, it's too, they're, they're, they want us to think that, right? I think, I mean, she was the one who said that she, she had that look in her, on, on her face when, when Odin demanded everybody leave and, and, uh, she, she's also, the way it was set up, she could be the, um, she could be the reason why a woman is now worthy and, and, and not so much a puppet master, but it's, she is why a woman is, is able to be worthy. Not that she is worthy, but just that she got that ball going and, and she set that all in motion for a woman to pick up the hammer. Right. What do you think, Vince? Good talking, Vince. <laughs> Did we lose him? I don't know. I'm here. I'm uh, sorry. You want me? Uh, no, I, well, I yacked because I was typing something. I didn't want to, to, yeah, I'm not rude. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I haven't read issues one and two, so I haven't, I, I can't hazard a guess. Mm, okay. Well, I, I agree that it can't be Freya because they want us to think it's Freya. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think David, you, you, if, if you're putting odds, I think the Jane Foster makes sense because Jane is is dying of the, of the cancer. Yep, she's in the arc. She's been given a role as, which is an odd thing, by the way, being given this role as somewhat the ambassador of Asgardia. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but but uh, but but she's she's brought to Asgardia to to play that that role in whatever way possible. So. I, I, that's possible. Um, but I guess my only question on that is, is why would, why would she gain beautiful flowing blonde locks though? If that's the, well, maybe that's a product of the hammer. 
Maybe that's right because that's that's the because Thor has the right. But I mean, yeah, and Don Don Simpson, uh, Don, Don Simpson, Blake. Don 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 Blake didn't have long flowing. No, he didn't. Before. I mean, he had blonde hair, but no, you're right. True. And, and, she, and, and if the chemo's killing her hair, then uh, then she's got nothing to to base it. I do not think it's special shield agent environmentalist. Uh, Roz Roz Solomon. Yeah, I do not think it's it's Agent Solomon. Um, well, wouldn't you become Nordic by default by once you smack that hammer? I mean, you could just play devil's advocate. I mean, a black woman could pick up the hammer and smack it and become Nordic, right? I don't, I don't it's, know. It's all it's all about what you become. I mean, you Beta Ray Bill didn't become human, I, right? You know, I, yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it. <laughs> And, and the and frog, frog didn't, didn't become right. a state of frog, but uh, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I, I saw, I heard inter- Aaron interview not 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 when he was on with us, but uh, after but after that fact, where he he indicates that the mystery of, of and the rationale for who is the Thor is is um, uh, is going to go on for a bit. Uh, I mean, he he knows who it is, but he it's it's part of the story is. Is, so it's not going to be quickly answered. That's cool. Don't yeah. rush it. Right. Enjoy so. it. Yeah. But yeah, so, so big, big ups to, to Thor. Uh, another one of Aaron's greatest, greatest hits. Although he hasn't had too many misses. So. Cool. That is true. Awesome. All right. Clock on the wall, buddies. It's almost midnight. Yeah, this um, episode has been brought to you again by Discount Comic Book Service. Let's talk bundles. We got three of them. The Valiant Bundle is seventeen ninety five. The Dynamite is nine ninety seven, and the Image is nine seventy four. And what that means to you is you will be getting a whole bunch of books at fifty percent off cover. Nowhere else you're going to find these kind of discounts. DCBService.com, absolute best. And do not forget. You need to jump on the Valiant. It is going to be a big deal. That's all caps, not just initial cap, all cap. It's a big deal. If you like the Bloodshot, the Geomancer, the Eternal Warrior, you need to check this out. It's a inroad to the new Valiant because it's designed that way. They're very smart. And make sure you check out the Valiant First Look. You can get it on Comixology. I hear good things. Uh, Comics Plus, Made Fire, and DriveThroughComics.com. Plus, in, in real world shops everywhere. In your travels, I'm only going to say this once. If you're not reading the fade out, you are missing out on one of the absolute best comic books on the stands. Bar none. I think David will agree with me on that. This is, uh, this is one of those books when you you read it five years from now after it's completed or you find out that it was canceled early that uh, you wish it was still happening and and you can't and you're kicking yourself because you weren't reading it when it was coming out and and uh, you could have till prolong it I'm sure yeah it's it's Rubaker and Phillips I'm sure they have a um they're telling the story they want to tell. I'm sure it has an ending. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know it's supposed to be a, a five year long story, but it it is one of those things where you're going to say, why wasn't I reading this when it was coming out? And it's uh, I the third issue especially. It it's uh, the first two issues were kind of 
it set everything up and the second issue followed along with the first issue. This one, the third issue is, is definitely coming at it from a different angle, different perspective or point of view. Uh, there's the character you were introduced to in the first issue that also had a big part in the second issue. Uh, he's not even listed in the cast of characters in the third. He's, he's in it for like a total of two <laughs> panels and it, and it works and it makes sense. And it's not, it's, yeah. it's not because he's not a, uh, his story's been told. It's just, there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of stories to tell here. Even if there aren't a ton of characters, each character has a, uh, has more than one story to tell. It looks like. And, and I think that, uh, you know, aside from the one thing that, that Vince mentioned today on Messenger that, uh, seems to be a, a staple and is the only thing that really kind of, it, it's not eye rolling or groan inducing, but it's like, all right, I, I get it. <laughs> it. It's, it's really the only thing that kind of, uh, kills the flow for me, but I guess it makes sense for that character. It's, uh, I, I really have no complaints about this series and, and I will, I will recommend it right behind Vince. Brubaker does like his secret societies. He really yeah. does. Uh, yeah, and that's what David was talking about. There's something... He uh, could do a Richie Rich remake and end up with secret societies. We can't... Yeah. yeah. And uh, what the, the gist of this is that um, we, we saw the dearly departed Valeria in issue one, and, uh, you know, they uh, extrapolated on that in issue two. Well, in this issue, we meet um, young Maya, Maya Silver. And she's the, the actress that's going to slide into the shoes of the dearly departed and how she gets there and just the, all the politics of, of making a movie and the corruption and the, the, uh, the, 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 the sex, the lots and lots of mm, the sex. Yeah. Yes. Oops. And, uh, this, this issue has copious amounts of nudity, which is a, another departure from, from, uh, what has come before. And it's just great stuff. It's, it, it plays out like a, like a, an amazing, amazing film production. And in this case, isn't that appropriate? It is. It really is. And, yeah. and you know, it's, it's an era, uh, it, it's Hollywood land. It's, it's black and white movies, but Elizabeth Breitweiser does amazing work with, um, with what Phillips gives her on the page. And it, it's just, it really, it, it evokes the time and it, uh, it's, it's different than their other works together, uh, as far as the story goes. But I mean, it looks the same. But it, it's just, uh, it, it really is a solid. It, it's a complete package. Yeah. Um. Yet yeah, maybe hyperbole, but for me, um, genre notwithstanding, the uh, Brubaker Phillips combination is on its way to commanding the same amount of respect as the Lee uh, Kirby partnership. I knew that was Whoa. I knew that was No, I'm, 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 I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not saying. Yeah. But when you hear Lee and Kirby, it instantly conjures. Those guys did some fantastic, legendary work. I'm not saying right now. I still think it's a little bit early in the careers of both of these men. But if they continue to work together another 15 years, these two guys, Brubaker and Phillips, are going to be spoken of in this with the same kind of reverence as Lee and Kirby. I, like they they didn't create the same amount of characters or the those kind of pervasive uh, entities like you know say Fantastic Four or Captain Blot. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying as far as the 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 uh, the work itself, there's there's really 
uh, a, a, uh, these guys are going to be legends. Brubaker and Phillips, they're on their way. What they've created before, it's amazing stuff. Well, I agree with you there. I think uh, Brubaker's won at least four or five Eisners, I think, already. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, but, you know, I mean, okay, let's put it this way. The the Brubaker-Phillips will be the Lee Kirby of, of their era. Mm. Mm. How about that? I'm, I'm confident. Well, I, I just, I, I don't. I can't give him that because Lee and Kirby of the era to me would imply that guys that are creating tons of lasting characters that will live on well beyond them. And I don't think that's what these guys are doing at all. They're, they're, they're not, they're, their mastery isn't in creating characters. Their mastery is telling the specific types of stories. Well, I would argue that they're, well, I don't want to say that because you'll shoot me down again. But um, <laughs> I, I, I will say that Brew Baker is a much, much better storyteller than Stan. Oi. All right. On, pa- on paper, he he writes a better story than Stan ever did. I'm not saying that uh, he writes more lasting stories, or but in in terms of technical skill. And the ability to conjure narratives, Brubaker's way better than Stanley ever was. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever. Your opinion, uh, your mileage may vary, and I'm sure it will. <laughs> uh, well, I, I have, um, I had a few things written down. Um, there is, we, we did not get to talk about Rasputin number one. I guess we'll wait for next week. Uh, but in your travels, definitely check that out. If you are going to, um, if you're flipping through Netflix, not sure what you want to watch, I would definitely recommend Snowpiercer. Yes. Uh, and, um, in your travels, I am going to say that, uh, you should, uh, this one title in particular, but I would definitely, uh, you could frequent the forum because Trevor and company, they, they, they do a fantastic job on 11oclockcomics.com slash forum of, uh, letting you know what, what deals and sales are out, um, are available digital comic wise, uh, whether it's from the folks that bring you, uh, 2000 AD or comicsology or, uh, even the, the, the humble bundles, but, uh, I would check out Comixology every day or so to see what might be going on sales wise because I, um, I picked up a bunch. I continued my, um, my, my double dipping of comics that I haven't, uh, read in over a decade and, and I am continuing my, to rebuild my Deathstroke to Terminator library written by Marv Wolfman and I recently reread, um, issues six through nine which was city of assassins uh which of course was uh took place in gotham city so so batman showed up and um and commissioner gordon it's um it also introduced us to the new um vigilante because the uh the previous vigilante not the uh not the motorcycle riding cowboy but the the adrian chase district attorney vigilante um met his demise so a new vigilante was uh was created and and uh she was a former or she is a detective on uh the gotham city police 
apartment. But, uh, that is still, it just kind of brings me back to those days. But basically my, my, my point is to, um, check out these sales and, and you never know, even if, even if you're not double dipping and you're just, you know, listen, this, this comic book, this whole series is, is four bucks and I'm going to give it a shot. And, and you just, you never know what, uh, what you might end up enjoying. And, and that can also trickle down into other things that uh, you would never consider because you don't know where it could lead to. So that is what I'm suggesting. Um, speaking of characters that David loves very much, have you seen the news? Uh, I think it was posted today on Bleeding Cool. What news? About what? Marvel is going to publish a Christopher Priest Black Panther omnibus. <gasps> what? I did. Yes. Uh, Wait, what? Kevin. Kevin. Yep. Oh, that is glorious. He, yes, he uh, actually was. Uh, I, I'm sure it was on Bleeding Cool, but uh, oh, that's Kevin. Awesome. Uh, Kevin had. Um, he was fishing around Amazon and it popped up. Yes. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it looks like it's, it's going to happen, it, which makes sense because the movie's coming out in a few years, but yes, it, it's, uh, it is, it's been a long time coming. I am so happy that it is going to happen. I doubt I will be double dipping because I have the, uh, the complete run. So it's, it's not, um, I love those issues and, and I don't know if I don't have the room really, but I, uh, I'm a fan of the issues where I don't think I'd need a, a huge collection to, to read some issues from time to time. But it is, if you, if you're not doing eBay and, and you're not, uh, hitting the back issue bins and trying to complete a collection, the omnibus will definitely be a way to go. And, and it is one, it's one run where you have, with the exception of like two issues completely by the same writer and, and, uh, it's, it's a great, that will tell you pretty much everything you need to know about T'Challa and then of course Casper Cole, but you, uh, there are very few complete long running, uh, runs, titles, volumes that, uh, that are just as perfect as Black Panther is by Priest. Yeah, I'm going to respond to every one of your comments. Don't care, don't care, don't care, and don't care. I'm buying it for you. <laughs> You are you are gonna have it on your shelf. For reals, dude. I don't need yeah. this because you're not gonna pull the issues out of the bags and read them. You're you come up with some excuse why you. I'm getting it for you. You're a fool. I am. It's true. I agree. And I'll have a talk with the wife. If she wants to. Just, yep. Don't Paper care. Exception. Yeah. Okay. okay. There you go. Awesome. That is great news. I had no idea. Look at that. You're making Jason all, all hard and on a high note for him before he even gets to his in your travels. <laughs> I do that. That's you right, do. baby. Yeah. So, what you so got? first of all, in your travels, uh, go, you take yourself to the movies and go see Big Hero 6. Yes. Oh, that's to do that. It's, it was, it was terrific. Um, while not technically a Pixar movie, in essence, it's the first of the Pixarvel Ideas. You take a Marvel property, put in the the, the 3D animation, and you get uh, it, it. It's 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 the Reese's effect. You, you put you take two great tastes, put them together. It's it, the sum is greater than the parts. Um, it, it, it it was terrific. Uh, my my five year old loved it. My my nine year old loved it. My eleven year old loved it. I loved it. My wife loved it. So uh, it's a pretty good 
cross uh, cross look at a lot of different demographics there. Um, it it had tons of heart. It was funny. It was action packed. Uh, definitely a high sequel opportunity. I don't see why there won't be sequels to it. Um, just uh, visually stunning. Characters were cool. Really sweet character designs. And it just amazes me. Um, man of action behind the creation of this this group too. Uh, they, those guys just have a unbelievable knack for creating characters that resonate uh, to people. So highly, highly recommend that flick if you haven't already checked it out. Um, on the reading front, definitely want to call your attention to uh, the recently released from Image Comics collected edition of our good friend, Mr. Gabriel Hardman's Kinski. Uh, nice. I received the physical copy, uh, last week. It is digest sized. Um, it's got a beautiful glossy cover and it collects the entirety of the Kinski run that was, uh, released digitally. Uh, and I, there was nothing in this book I hadn't already read because I read the story as it was coming out, but, um, it's a wonderful little package. And it's just the kind of quirky story that um, that uh, I think we need to see more of in comics. And you could tell Gabriel always is phenomenal as an artist. But it was nice to see him get a chance to do a story that is, uh, by his own admission, uh, a quirky and niche and a passion project. And so uh, big, big giant grin on my face that this book is, is a, that there is, a, is now a reality. So, um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's it. Uh, there you go. Kinski by Gabriel Hardman. Nice. Sweet. Awesome. Well, we gave a lot this week. Lots to chew on. That's true. And we thank everybody for being here with us as usual. Especially Mr. Daniel Govar. Especially, right, I was just, yeah, especially Mr. Daniel Govar, Cool Beans. And, um, if you would like to find the next one of these, you know what? You can find it exactly the same spot you found this one. And we will be waiting for you. Because we love you so Vince much. Loves you. Oh, no. especially now that he's back. Especially now that he's back. Who's back? He's back. Why, Guess who's why back? you gotta back again? <laughs> next week, back. I want, I want to finally talk about the humans. Number one. You should do that. Finally. You finally, as that. opposed to this week. <laughs> I wanna. I wanna. <laughs> I think it's the, I think it's the first it's, it's instance the of an, of, of an erect penis in a, in an image book, is it not? I can't I imagine that. No. I don't. Hmm. Well, well, we'll talk about it. Monkey penis. Yeah, maybe. monkey penis, maybe. Which is, I think, could be interesting fodder for discussion because. Yeah. I know, exactly. That's why I said yeah. that. Oh, my yeah. bad. See, he's already sensitive, folks, because he knows it's... I didn't vibe on this book like he did. No, you didn't. I know he did. <laughs> and I know, I know David did. I thought, I so that, once again, I didn't, uh, I, I, all right, I cool. think I am, I think I am in the middle between you two. Dude, Benjamin Marr is a character in the day. He is. How could you not? He is. Absolutely is. And he did the fucking, he did the light. That would hook you. He did the back cover pinup, so. Pinup, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's monkeys on motorcycles. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, dude, it, it's a monkey running around with no pants on, letting his dick flying around, and then his brother getting head. It's, it's, 
there's if if you weren't not right alone. exactly if if you know if you looked at the preview pages or you just looked at read the solicit and you're like eh, I don't know you might um wait till next week and then uh yeah. let 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 your shop know that he might have to or she might have to keep it on the on the on the list for you in case you want to go back and get it but uh Andrew Shaw dug it so you know if if Australians dig it and Vince digs it then you're probably going to love it <laughs> those Australians let's uh, we love you so much join us here next week yeah do that Say goodnight. Say goodnight, David. Good night, David. David. And Ghostface. Say goodnight. Good night, Ghostface. Bye. Peace.